All right, welcome back to the To Be Better podcast. We are the Chris's. Uh, we do question and answers, emails, and sometimes we simply talk shit. But first, a disclaimer. We are not professionals. No. <laughs> Everything we that we speak on is opinions derived from experiences and outside knowledge we've gotten from other resources. Mm-hmm. If you get any value or something we said resonates with you, share this. Yes, that's how we grow. <laughs> and if you're not subscribed, why not? Yeah, that's a good question. If you're not subscribed, you're going to miss out on this whole experience. That's the Chris's. That is the Chris's. <laughs> <laughs> Please leave a comment. Your comments are actually super dope to read. Knowing how that we've impacted you or your relationship, it just helps us continue to do what we're doing, and it shows that what we say works sometimes. And to submit a question or just to email us and say how we've helped or maybe constructive criticism, email us at tobebetterco at gmail.com. The number two. The number two. Emails will be read anonymously on this podcast, unless specified otherwise by the sender. So if you don't want us to put your story out there, tell us that. Correct. If you're going to send emails, please be as detailed as possible. If you give us a one-sided email about how your partner is the problem, that is all we will address. You will get a one-sided reply. Yes. Nobody is perfect. Take accountability. Everybody can grow. Preach. And we are giving unbiased, honest opinions. We are not yes-men. So if you submit something to us, be prepared for an answer that you might not like getting. But we are going to give you a very honest outside perspective. Is that the full disclaimer? Yeah. Now to the episode. Welcome back to the To Be Better podcast. We are the Chris's. We are on episode three. We are going to be going over the check-ins and report cards so that I don't have to continue going over this with people. I can just send them a link to the YouTube channel. Um, we have emails to go over. We have some discussions that we want to have. Um, I guess announcements as well, because we're getting close to the Patreon going live so that we can start doing live coaching. Um, We're going to get to the point where we are going to not be answering emails as much. Mm -hmm. You know, it'll be just podcast answers only. So we'll be filtering through those. Um, When the Patreon thing is set up and we start doing live coaching, we're going to be sending links to people with a questionnaire if we can help them and then sending them a link to Patreon so they can pick how they would like to work with us versus doing this. Right. We'll still be doing the podcast and answering <laughs> questions and taking content and doing things like that, but this is going to be um, less prevalent because we're spending a lot of time answering emails for free. Mm-hmm. So um, we are on iHeartRadio now. So I've got us on Amazon, iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podvine, um, Pod, Pocket Cast. I don't know. Every time somebody's like, hey, can you get on this? I'm like, I don't know. Can I? And I go look and I can get us on there. It really just takes a little bit of Google search to figure out where to put my RSS feed and I can get us on there. So eventually we should be on everything. I know that um, my RSS feed, because I pay for the service, puts it out automatically to things, but I don't, I'm not like actively looking for new podcast streams. I would rather people subscribe to YouTube because then we can monetize YouTube and do all of that and actually make money from these emails. But so... Do you have any announcements or anything you want to talk about? You have been very absent on TikTok the last few days. Yeah, I have. I am going through a lot mentally. Yeah. So I I can't put out good videos when I'm not all in on it. We have been getting, well, uh, me specifically, I have been getting shit on super hard on TikTok. Yeah. Been told, somebody told me that I am um, a spawn of Satan. I've been told to unalive myself again. Um, I've been told numerous times that they would never take advice from somebody who has tattoos on their face, which I don't really give a shit if you take my advice or not. Right. I don't understand why my tattoos have a bearing on the facts that I'm speaking. Um, 
but apparently it does. So, um, I did wake up to some hate on TikTok this morning. Yeah. Yeah. People telling you you were a slave or what? Uh, I had one person tell me that I am dedicating myself to a man who will never be fully dedicated to me. And I have no idea where the fuck that came from. Somebody told me on my TikTok today that you were actually afraid of me. I saw that. Yeah. I, I responded to him. I said, what a stupid comment. <laughs> yep. All right. So let's get into the, 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 um, the check-in and slash report card. So for those of you who are who have been following us on either TikTok or watched any of this, you probably already know these things. We went from the original three questions, how is your mental health, how am I doing as a husband, and what can I do better as a husband, and we added what did I do poorly this week and what did I do exceptionally well this week. So we're at five. I've added five more. Okay. And I, I've listed a whole bunch of things out here that I want to talk about that's crucial to the check-ins, but I want to explain a little bit what we do and why we do them so that people understand that this is more about making a better relationship and less about saving a marriage. The check-ins can absolutely do that if you're able to have a communication, uh, open communication with your partner and you trust them and you're safe. This is not that. This is just to continue to grow together as a couple, right? So we've added the phones have to be completely put away. They can't just be out. They have to be put in a pocket or put in another room so that they're not there. TV's off, radio's off. Um, we added the sit in the lap thing so that we can look at each other face to face and there's no distractions. We have intimate conversation that way. Um, and then you ask the questions, you discuss the questions. And then um, I wrote down some other things to take account of when you're doing this. We've had a couple people say that the first check in that they did was hours long mm-hmm. and they saw immediate changes in their partner because they were able to have a um, true conversation without there being conflict or, or any kind of competitive behavior. And I think it's important to remember those things. Um, all right. So let's get to the questions first. Once you've, you've got your partner's undivided attention, it's important that when you do this, that you don't say, we need to talk. Right. You need to say, do you have a minute? Because when you ask a question versus making mm-hmm. a statement, you're going to get a different response. When you ask a question, you're getting them to engage. When you make a statement, you can make them defensive or it has a triggering negative undertone. So that's a problem, and I'll get into that in a minute. So the questions now are the original five. Um, How is your mental health? How am I doing as your partner? What can I do to be better as your partner? What did I drop the ball on this week, and what did I do exceptionally well this week? Bonus questions are how, um, how am I doing at meeting your emotional and intimacy needs? How would you rate our sex life on a scale of 1 to 10? Are you happy with the division of housework? Do you feel safe with me, and what is something that we should do that we haven't? Because now you are taking the first half of the conversation and having a lot of like personal hard talk because those, those questions are, they're intimate, they're hard. You're getting a, an honest, truthful discussion. Mm. The following five questions can uh, make sure that nobody's overworked in the home. It's going to make sure that uh, all needs are being met emotionally, intimacy, sexually, whatever. Um, and then you can start using the the last questions to start maybe planning vacations to find new places to eat, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought those were pretty good. Um, things to remember when you're doing these, uh, if you haven't set boundaries or expectations in your relationship, this could be a good time to do so. If you have set, set boundaries, this is a great time to make sure that both of you have the same definitions of the boundary set. Um, we've talked about in the past that communication is not just verbalizing things. It's also listening to understand, being able to communicate to make sure that everybody's on the same page with everything. Mm -hmm. 
And people always ask us about the expectations and the contracts that we have. And this is a good opportunity for you to implement that because you're already in a position where you have your partner's undivided attention. Do you have anything you want to add to that? I feel like I'm doing a whole lot of talking. I, I didn't even know you added five things to it. I know because so. I wanted to shock <laughs> you so you'd have something to talk about. <laughs> I'm actually pretty excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, you want to avoid phrases like you never or you always. These come across as combative and can be used um, as tools of manipulation in some cases. Um, I want to throw something in real quick before you move on. So this morning when I messaged you, I'm not going to go into what the text message was about, but there was right. a point where I said, I feel guilty for whatever the situation was. Right. I almost said, it makes me feel guilty, but nothing is making me feel guilty. I have that feeling. Right. So I wanted to give that as an example as the way you phrase things is important it because absolutely is. you're not doing anything to make me feel guilty. Nope. None of your actions are doing that and anything you said is doing that. That's an internalized feeling that I have to work through on my own. So changing that, I feel like made our conversation go smoother than it would have if I unintentionally placed the blame on you with the way I said it. Right. And I agree because you took accountability with what was going on. Right. People don't, people want to be like, you make me so angry. Mm-hmm. No, no, they really don't. You make you angry. You allow your brain to process the information that's being given to take it in a negative perspective. Right. I cannot stress how many times that I've had really shitty situations become very positive because I look at it as an opportunity to grow versus a negative. That's really what it comes down to. And like, right. you know, the amount of stress that I'm under right now with the expansion and trying to do with what one of the businesses because of the hurricane. Mm hmm. I could really be falling apart and just being like, it's the end of the world. I've lost those two businesses instead of trying to grow the one business that we have left standing and worry about those when the insurance comes through and the building's rebuilt or whatever. I'm looking at all of this as an opportunity for growth because I have an opportunity right now where I have almost a year before this building is going to be back up and running Mm -hmm. that I can hire more people, train them, get them to do things the way that I expect them to get done. And then I can move people around and we can continue to open businesses and grow. Right. If I looked at this as a, a negative aspect and woe is me the entire time, I wouldn't have that mindset. Um, so it's important that you you recognize these things. Your um, the world how's what did the statement go? Um, the world can't change your attitude, but you can change your attitude about the world. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> um, okay. So try to engage your partner with questions instead of making statements. This is what I was talking about a minute ago. Statements trigger a feeling of judgment where questions engage curiosity. Things like, do you have a minute versus we need to talk? The Dave Chappelle killing him softly skit mm-hmm. where he's like, Dave, we need to talk. And he's like, fuck. And he's like, yeah. every time we got to talk, it's something I got to do. And that is a very, it's funny. It was hysterical when I heard it. And every man that watches that for the first time laughs because they know that's exactly what's about to go down. If you just say, do you have a minute? Because you hit me with that the other day. You were like, hey, I know you're about to do that. But do you, before you get on there, do you have a minute to talk to me? And I'm like, yeah, what do you, what's up? Like. It was a very different thing than had you been like, we need to talk because I'm like, oh, here we go. Right. You know, so that's super important to remember. Um, we need, uh, and by we, I mean everyone, needs to start listening to understand and not to respond. Allow your partner to complete their thought process before speaking. Work on giving a pause to think before you speak. Empathize and validate with what they're saying instead of just responding. And this will help you uh, help make them feel heard. Mm-hmm. And if you aren't sure what they're saying, repeat what you heard back to them and make sure that you digest it before you give a response. This is one of the things that I'm working on the hardest right now, especially when we get into a, a conversation that I feel like I'm being attacked. I have to let you finish. 
Because nine times out of 10, we are arguing the exact same point to each other from a different standpoint because I didn't let you finish your point. And that's something that I'm desperately working on, you know, and there's, it's getting to the point now where you're saying something. And if you pause, I'm like, okay, are you done? Cause I don't want to interrupt your thought process and then us regress. Right. Um, mm. Listening to understand is a big deal too, because everybody gets caught up in having a conversation. They're just waiting for their turn to speak. They want their five minutes of fame. You know what I mean? So it's important to just allow that to process and, and play out. This thing keeps clicking. I don't know if it's because I'm touching the, the road mic or if it's the paper or what, but it's starting to drive me nuts. I feel um, like you just got a little louder. Did you just plug that back in? I don't know. Maybe. Did, Did I, I get louder? Could be that I turned my, uh, I don't know. I'm mentally mm-hmm. not there today, apparently. Um, Before you move on, I want to touch on the processing aspect and like understanding. Mm-hmm. I process, depending on the situation and what is being said, like if I have a lot of information thrown at me, it takes a while for me to process that shit. So if you guys are getting into like a super intense conversation, it's okay to say like, I need to process this before we continue the conversation. Right. It's taken me, I don't know, there was a day that it took me like 12 hours to process everything we discussed. Right. And the next day I had to come to you and be like, okay, so we had the conversation. I processed it a little bit. Can we continue? Right. You know? I think that's important to recognize as well. Like not everything has to be done in one single conversation in a two hour time period. I agree. I feel like stretching it out is also going to help people recognize like regulating emotions and saying, okay, well he said this and that upset me. Why did it upset me? And that's something you can also discuss with your partner and be like, Hey, you said this yesterday. It triggered me. I didn't know why it triggered me, but I think I figured it out. I kind of want to talk to you about that. Right. I think that it's important to remember that when you have these conversations too, like uh, and I don't think I mentioned this in the beginning of the check-in, you are not allowed to get defensive. I mm-hmm. did not. You're not allowed to get defensive in response to what your partner tells you. Right. You are. At, we call this the report card because you are asking for a report card, the situational report. You want to know, mm-hmm. like, all these things. And if you get defensive because you're asking for somebody to give you feedback, one, you're never going to get positive feedback again. You're going to make your partner feel like they can't, talk to you safely they're going to feel unsafe in discussing things with you um there's going to be a whole lot of other things that play in but when you can turn that off and know that you are asking for this and know that your grade is indicative of your work efforts you can't be mad at anybody but yourself so if if you know we have a great week and the next week there's something that's happened and i've done something wrong and you deliver it to me in a obviously not in a, a negative way mm-hmm. I now have a week or two weeks, however long we have in between check-ins to start rectifying the situation, but it gives me a day or two to process. I really, you know, I hurt her by doing whatever I did, or I really dropped the ball by not making sure that her tire was changed or whatever, you know. Um, But it's not a defense thing. You're asking for this, that you can be a better partner. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm going to, my mom, my adopted mom gave me a great piece of information and it was, let me see, did I type it up? Because it was a good, it was a good one. Um, she said that people love to match energies. So when someone is giving us the silent treatment and we give it back to them, that attitude is thrown back and forth. We mirror. That is normal human interaction. She said, but if you are able to do that with negativity, you should be able to do it with love. Right. And when you realize that and you are trying to give your partner the best version of you, they should naturally want to do the same thing. Should. Obviously, there are shitty people out there. There are selfish people out there. There's narcissists, as much as I hate that fucking term. There are people out there who are going to do whatever they feel is best for them. 
But when you and I are having a great relationship and you're taking that extra step, I'm like, oh, bitch, I got to one up you. We're going we're gonna to do this now, you know, and like it's not a one up thing, but I want to be better because you're trying to be better. Right. You know, it, it's uh, we feed off of each other. <clears throat> And if people do that in negative moments, you should right. absolutely be doing it in positive ones. I agree. I'm going to correct you. You said when we have a great relationship. We have a great relationship. You know what I mean. There's days that like, like yesterday, uh, that stupid cartoon was on. And and you got up and I'm like, oh, I like them big. Hey. I like them sucking. <laughs> and you started doing that in the living room. And because you started doing that, I kept going. Yeah. So those are those are like, that's an intimate moment for us. Like that's something I'm never going to forget. Yeah. It's a stupid little moment in time, but it, it meant a lot. It was fun for me. Right. Um. Anyways, being able to reciprocate things to your partner should be something that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I know that there's shitty people out there. Can I can I ask also just for a minute? talk about how miserable people are in life oh my and gosh. how they don't care enough about anything to change it. Like I, I make convert, uh, uh, videos about communication constantly on my TikTok. Mm-hmm. And instead of just scrolling past, I had somebody literally stop and go, communication doesn't work with my old man. Do you remember that conversation we had that night? I was like, yes. so what, what is, I mean, does he beat you? Like right. how, how do you guys resolve problem? Do you arm wrestle? Is it thumb, like thumb wrestles? What, what are you doing? My mind. Rock and sock and robots. <laughs> I, I don't understand how your communication doesn't work. Right. So we both, our first thought after hearing that was domestic violence. Right. And then the second thought was, it's not that it doesn't work. You guys just don't know how to communicate. Right. Unbelievable. So I see a lot of that. And then I see a lot of. I understand that I make controversial videos sometimes and I do that for a reason. Mm-hmm. I want people to be engaged. Right. I want them to have a dialogue in the comment section. Mm-hmm. The more people disagree and the more you can have that conversation, I know you're never going to change somebody's mind on the internet. They're coming in with their belief system and that's all there is to it. However, the people who are not engaged in that conversation that are reading the comments that have no dog in that race their minds can be changed. Right. That's a really good point. Oh shit, that's an even better point. I didn't mm-hmm. think about that. Those are the changes that are happening. It's subconsciously and it's happening from people who are not being petty, whiny bitches on the internet. The people who want to grow as human beings. Right. And those are also the people who are silent 99% of the time because they don't want to get caught up in nonsense. They don't want their right. notifications going off. And the last mm-hmm. thing they want is to be on in an argument with somebody who lives in their mom's basement and has nothing better to do with their time other than troll, you know? Right. Um, <clears throat> But it blows my mind the amount of people who live those lives. And like we have people constantly say things like, you know, my husband doesn't do any of this. And it's been like that for 15 years. Why are you still with them? Well, why are you waiting 15 years to say it's a problem? Right. You know, and I I look at all these things and I always start to make a video or I always start to type and I want to have these conversations with these people. And I'm getting to the point now where I don't even remotely care. Like if you're not willing to take accountability and take change of your Mm -hmm. life and like take stock and be like, my life could be so much better if we just did X, Y, Z and start working to make that better. I don't want to hear you complain because all you're doing is bitching. Right. And that's the way I look at it. If you're complaining and you have a plan, you're working through it by complaining. You're trying to figure out all of your ins and outs to make your plan work. If you are not trying to implement change and you're complaining, you're just bitching. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to hear that. Be better. Right. I also get comments, and this really infuriates me, from women who are in their 40s and 50s, and they're like, oh, wait until you've been married for 10 years. Wait until you've been married for 15 years. Wait until you've been together for 20 years. Things always change. People change. Intimacy dies. I don't disagree with the fact that people change. People are growing constantly. Supposed to change. 
you're not going to be the same person in 20 years than you are today, but I'm going to grow in love. I'm going to grow with you and I'll love you unless you become like a complete asshole. I I mean, I'm already almost a complete asshole. I'm pretty close. I feel like that's my final form. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When people say intimacy dies and things change and they don't love you the same after that amount of time, it's because you guys become complacent. And the fact that you can't acknowledge the fact that things died because you let go of things. Oh, that's not how I wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah. You want to <laughs> rewind it and My try next again? sentence and it makes sense. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm glad that it's not just my brain today. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's been a really rough holiday. It has. Like. Oh, God. <laughs> That's why I haven't made TikToks. I can't deal with people's bullshit on top of my own bullshit. Yeah. So when people say, after X amount of time, things die, they don't want to accept the accountability that they let the things die. Right. Because then they're part of the problem and they're not just the victim. Yeah, because nobody wants to take accountability. I nailed that. You did. That was <laughs> fucking on point. I, I want to add to that and say that you allowing things to change with your partner and losing mm-hmm. that intimacy and becoming the roommate phase is an active decision. And it's it not just a one-time decision. You mm-hmm. wake up and make that decision every single day. Yep. And I understand that you get to a point, you're going to get to a point with your partner if you let it go like that, that you don't like each other anymore. Mm-hmm. And you see it in the comments constantly. At that point, you've let it go and made the decision to let it go over and over and over again. It's going to be so much harder to fix it then it would be if you recognize like, hey, we're not dancing in the kitchen anymore. Like he doesn't hold my hand when we drive or we're, we're not having sex as much as we should. Something's not right. Mm-hmm. And then having a quick check in, figuring out what the problem is and then just talking about it. I'm now getting in my comments, women who are complaining about their hormones being off. And I'm going to say, and this will probably be one of many times that I mentioned sub- Summit Rejuvenation Centers. Um, I have a friend of mine that owns a um, hormone therapy replacement, hormone replacement therapy business. And um, they're very good at what they do. You guys can check them out, summitrejuvenationcenters.com. If you are over 40 years old, male or female, you should be getting your blood work done on a regular basis regardless. Mm-hmm. You're going to be going through the change. We're going to be, our testosterone is going to be dropping. That's a very real thing for a lot of people. When your hormones are off, you get depressed, you sleep or you don't sleep, mm-hmm. you become irritable. And and that's one of the emails that we're going to get into. So I'm not going to go too far into that right now. But right. knowing where your blood levels lie can absolutely change things for you. Anybody that's in their 40s remembers what it was like to be 20. When I got on, on hormone replacement therapy because my testosterone was low, I became a 20-year-old again. I mean, we have we have like marks in the wall from the headboard like that you know what i mean and, and <laughs> yeah. it, it wasn't like that before the, the replacement therapy so um i mean obviously it was still a thing but it wasn't to the level that it is now because my my hormones are right i'm gonna be completely honest <sighs> i don't hear anything you just said to me because that look you gave me <laughs> Whew, lord i'm gonna need like a fucking okay a fan or something yeah <laughs> your hormones are off <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's get back to this um When you are listening to understand and you guys are having these talks, make sure that you empathize and validate your partner. That was where we ended off on that last point. I just want to add to that. Acknowledging your partner's issues and validating that they're real and apologizing or empathizing with it is going to change the way that your partner feels they're being heard or understood. If I use a phrase regularly Mm -hmm. that triggers you, 
and right. you throw it back <clears throat> at me in one of these these conversations during the check-in, and I pause for a minute and think, okay, this is how she's feeling about it. She just explained why she feels that way. If she did that to me and I felt that way, that would suck. I wouldn't want to feel that way. So that's how I would uh, that's how I would empathize with you. I didn't realize that that was making you feel that way. If if that happened to me, I would feel like shit. I, I see that now. Right. I've empathized and I've validated. You you feel the way you feel and it's justifiable. Now we can have a talk about how to make that go and be better because you've not only been heard, you now know that I understand and I'm I'm, you know, sincere with my apology because it's really easy to just be like my bad, it won't happen again. Right. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Nobody nobody believes that when you do mm-hmm. that. It's like when somebody's like, you know, you tell your kid you need to apologize and they're like, "Sorry." And you're like, "Why are you apologizing?" And like, "I don't know." That's right. exactly what that is. Yeah. So, um, okay. Are you moving on to another point? I, I will after you make whatever point you're about to make. Okay. <laughs> so as you just said, you were able to, if you're able to validate that it like, it's a legit emotion, you understand why I'm feeling that way. And it's a validated reasoning for why I feel that way. I think it can also be said sometimes people are completely invalid in their emotions. I agree. And they are just seeing red and they don't care about anything outside they're just focusing on that one thing having the check-ins is an opportunity for someone to be like okay i understand how you're feeling i i can see why you feel this way i need you to understand it's a little bit irrational right because some people try to get away with some bullshit feelings i would probably word it better than saying irrational and every guy on the planet will agree with what i'm about to say that's like telling a woman to calm down i disagree well i disagree for me I, i understand that it triggers some people Sometimes I need you to tell me to calm down. Right. Well, you also have accountability like I do. Yeah. So if I'm like, hey, that's kind of bullshit, you'd be like, all right, wait a minute. I'd be like, damn, you're right. Yeah, yeah. You kinda, <laughs> you know. You've actually done that to me. Right. <clears throat> I, I think it's important to not validate bullshit. Mm-hmm. I also think that in all of this, this is a good, a good point as well to make sure that when you use these check-ins, you can use these check-ins to talk about things that you were mad about earlier in the week. And you can have those conversations while you're calm. Because if something happens and you get mad and you blow up on the spot, you're reacting out of anger and emotion versus letting it calm down, processing your shit, and then bringing it up two or three days later in a check-in. Right. That will go a long way because situations are never resolved during conflict. They will be solidified. Mm -hmm. They can be discussed. But the resolution happens after everybody's calm. People process things and start making or taking steps to change things. Right. Excuse me. Oh, man, I hope that didn't get picked up. I apologize, guys. That was <laughs> spicy chicken, Jesus chicken from Chick-fil-A. Uh, Do you have anything on that point before I move on? I did, and now I don't remember. It was the burp, wasn't it? No, maybe. All right. The most important thing in conversation is hearing what isn't being said. You need to pay attention to tone, inflection, and body language. Mm-hmm. You can tell somebody that they're a total piece of shit human being, and if you say it in a way that doesn't trigger them, they'll be like, damn, I'm a piece of shit. But they're not going to get mad about it. Right. So you need to make sure that you are on point with your tone and your inflection. And for those who don't know, tone is is the obviously the tone of your voice. Inflection is the way that you word things. Mm-hmm. It's no different than like if you say, I love you, have a good day on a text message. I'm like, love you too. My inflection in that text message is different than it would be if I said, I love you too. Right? We've talked about that. Right. You do that a lot. I know I do, but I'm working on not doing that. (laughs) I know. It's laziness on my part. It's all it is. Mm -hmm. It's no different than me sending a K text message. I know that that triggers a lot of people. I could care less. 
If you say OKAY or yeah. you just say K, <clears throat> I got OK out of it. I don't need a a 900 fucking paragraph text message to understand a point. I'm a give me the details and, and go, you know. Right. So um, I want to touch on that before you move on. You you said it's a laziness thing, laziness thing on your end mm-hmm. when you don't type the I. It's just love you. That is one of those moments where like I got upset because you didn't say the I and I was like, damn, this man don't love me no more. Like, what did I do? (laughs) That is me overreacting. Mm -hmm. That is a irrational overreaction. And once you told me that it's a laziness thing on your end, I was like, okay, I get it. Like, I'm not going to harp on that anymore. It's not a negative thing you're doing to me to punish me. Why are you? Because all I can think of is the day that that happened. Sorry. The day that all of this happened. And you were like, damn. And we had that conversation via text message. Yeah. I was like, if I'm ever mad at you and you say I love you, I'll just be like, yep. (laughs) Now you can get mad. Right. And in my head, I I was was like, you know, but like, it's so, so foolish to me. I don't know. I was just thinking about that. Could you imagine that? I love you. Yep. (laughs) That would be, that would definitely be a moment. (laughs) That would be a really hard quit laughing. I'm working on my final form over here. But that's one of those moments to where it's good to have a conversation about it instead of harvesting, harvesting, harboring. harboring. You're not going to cut that, are you? No, hell no, I'm not. <laughs> People like this back and forth with us. The harboring of a negative feeling that you haven't even ver- voiced to your partner. I'm struggling. <laughs> Har- harboring a negative feeling you haven't voiced to your partner. Okay. On something that is a negative trigger for you from past relationships, that is a very big deal to not do. That is how you start building animosity towards your person without, like, it's it's unjustified. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Am I all over the place right now? (laughs) No. Uh, Do you know what the definition of animosity is? I was going to say... Wow. By definition, it's open admitted hatred. Yeah. That's one of my favorite words. Yeah. I was going to say. I can hear you breathe. Resentful. I heard that. (laughs) I'm I'm struggling so hard with words today. I got like an hour and a half of sleep last night. That's so funny. But resentful is not the correct terminology for that because resentful comes from envy. Right. Although most people will par that with anger and it's, it's not, it's an envy emotion. I am. I like the word animosity so much mm-hmm. because I am I am a by nature I don't like people. I'm mm-hmm. not an introvert. I can be extroverted as hell when you get me in a, a group of people that are like minded that I I'm comfortable with. And like now when we talk, I talk a lot on the podcast. I don't talk like this in public it's because it's me, right? <laughs> so I like certain people, but as a whole, I don't like humanity. I think I people are parasites. Mm-hmm. So animosity is actually tattooed on my neck because it's open admitted hatred because I fucking hate everyone. So I like that, that was since I was like 17 years old, that's been on the side of my neck. Anyways. Wow. Um, so the last thing on that is body language. Mm-hmm. I cannot stress enough how important it is to just watch some YouTube videos on body language. When people are sitting with their arms crossed, they're defensive, they're closed off. They're not open to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. If their toes are pointing to the door, they're trying to leave. There's a lot of things that you can learn that are just basic subconscious things that people do and you can, it will change the entire conversation. If somebody is super relaxed and says some really shitty things, they're not mad. Mm -hmm. They're just not knowing how to word things. But if they're tense and you can tell by their body language that they're frustrated and they say some asshole shit, like it is said out of anger and knowing that can change the way your, your, your conversation's going. 
and I've hit this a lot, but 70, they're saying up to 80%, 70 to 80% of communication is nonverbal. Mm-hmm. It's your surrounding, your tone, inflection, body language, things like that. So those are super important. Anything else on this point before we move on? No, I would have to look over the paper to think of something. Okie dokie. I'm not trying to. Um, so this next point says to use and instead of but. Um, it doesn't matter what you say before a but. The moment you drop but, everything prior to that is negated and people only focus on the negative that follows. So these, some of these points have come from a lot of the books that I've read. You know, These are things that have stuck in my mind that I'm compiling to give you guys advice. Some of this is original thought. A lot of it's not. This specific scenario, the book that I was reading, and I can't remember who which book it was because I've read a lot on communication, the guy said that um, if you get a haircut or somebody gets a haircut and they come to you and they're like, hey, do you like my hair? And they're like, I mean, I liked it before, but they're like, damn, okay, they hate my haircut. But if you're like, I like it and I liked it before, they're like, okay, you know, that's a very different mm-hmm. um, scenario. So try not to use but in a conversation because you are going to set up a negative um, tone for the following sentences. That was a short one. You got anything on that one? All right. Uh, Start paying attention to your partner's request for connection. This can come from something as simple as going, hey, check out that car over there. Or did you see that bird? You know, um, the whole point of that is to get you to look and then engage with whatever it is that we're trying to get you to engage in us with. Mm -hmm. That is a exchange of energy. It is an exchange of emotion. It shows that you have an interest in whatever it is that I'm interested in in the moment. And you are giving your undivided attention to whatever is happening. You're not on your phone. You guys are fully engaged in that moment. That happens in the beginning phases of dating constantly right. because you want to be engaged and, and mm. involved in whatever your, your interest is involved in. Um, we still do that. I was just thinking about the baby hippo. <laughs> right. We had a whole conversation about how fast hippos can run and how it'd be utterly destroyed by one. It was a stupid conversation. Right. But, but you it were was into fun. It. Right. And you were like, oh, look, at the, I, I want to be a baby hippo in the next life or something like that. And then we got into I want to cuddle one. Cuddle one. Yeah. We got into that whole conversation. But had I been doing this, yeah, babe, cool hippos. Sure. Eventually, you would stop showing me those things. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have even continued the conversation. It would have been in. It would have yeah. been, a, you know, and that it was like a 25, 30 minute whole thing where we're laughing and enjoying our time together. It yeah. was because I was engaged. You, you made an, a request for connection. Mm-hmm. I engaged with you and we had a dope moment. Those moments are what adds up over a lifetime of intimacy and connection with people. And as you grow, and instead of growing apart, you're growing together because you're taking interest in each other's things. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote on here, ignoring them or not giving them enough attention can slowly become the downfall of a relationship and you will find yourself falling into the roommate phase. Yep. I've had three comments now asking to talk about the roommate phase on TikTok. Like about what it is, Just how it happens? How to get out of it. Because that's something that everyone finds themselves in. I'm, I'm seeing videos now that, because I'm going down different rabbit holes of learning. Right. I'm seeing videos now that there's like four phases of marriage and the first one's the honeymoon phase, the mm-hmm. third one's roommate phase. And like they go through all of this shit. And I understand that because I've, I've had a long-term relationship, like long, long. I understand that those things are going to happen. And I looking back on it, you have hindsight's 2020. You can see everything. This is where things did this. This this situation changed the entire course of everything. Mm-hmm. 
And it comes down to not being able to communicate or having the necessary communication skills to resolve whatever that problem is before it evolves into a bigger thing. Mm -hmm. And you and I have had a lot of conversations over the last few days. And I, I keep telling you, like the things that are bothering me right now normally wouldn't phase me. But because I have so much shit going on and my head is a fucking mess, things that I would never bat an eye at are huge to me right now. Same thing. So when you have um, the roommate phase, that's not something that, I mean, it's going to happen, right. but you can make decisions to go, okay, this is, this is not okay with me. Mm -hmm. And if I don't check this scenario, we're going to be so much worse off than we were. But I think it takes people getting into that, looking back, taking accountability, and then realizing that you don't have to be in that roommate phase anymore. Right. You have to make the active decision to start working, to be intimate again, and to take interest and to put your partner first. You literally have to start dating. Right. And it's not hard. It's you, not. You already have however many years that you have with your partner. Right. You guys live together. Mm -hmm. They are your best friend. If there's really a problem, that's who you're going to. Why wouldn't you want to take them out on a date? Men, this is a super easy thing. Tell your woman that you have a surprise. Tell me you're going to take them out. And they're like, oh, yeah, where are you going? Be like, you, well, if, you know, guess. where would you go? Where right. would you like to go? You know, just guess. They're going to start throwing shit at you. And whatever the first one is, that's where you guys are going that night. Mm -hmm. Because that's truly where they want to go. That's what they want to eat. That's the movie they want to see. Whatever the case may be, they've, they've laid that out. You don't have to play the game of back and forth. Well, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Women want you to be in, in charge. Most women want men to lead. Mm -hmm. Obviously, obviously, that's not the fucking case for everyone. I've heard it all. Right. But if you're married and you your wife wants you to lead your home <clears> and you surprise her with a date, you're going to get brownie points that you otherwise wouldn't have gotten. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take a lot. All you got to do is send that text message. Hey, I got a surprise for you tonight. Oh, yeah. What is it? Guess. That's it. And she's not just going to guess one thing. She's no. going to rattle off a whole bunch of shit. Yep. And you can start making notes. Yeah. This is date number two, date number three, date number four. And she did all the work and you're mm -hmm. the, you're going to get all the credit. Yeah. Big brain shit. It's also easy for women to make sure that roommate face thing doesn't happen. It, it really is. It, <laughs> Men are such simple creatures. Literally just put on a t-shirt and heels and wait for him to walk into the oh, bathroom. Oh, the underbutt cleavage? Oh my God. <laughs> I thought this I man was going to faint. <laughs> I pulled my phone out and took a picture of your butt. You did. It's not hard. It, it's little moments like that. There's times where I go out of my way, like I'll start doing a task. I'd be like, okay, but how can I make it sexy? <laughs> <laughs> and I do it because I know you're going to get a kick out of it. Yeah. It'll either be a funny moment for us or it's going to be like a damn, that's mine. Mm -hmm. Something is going to happen that's going to bring us closer together. When I clean the house and I walk around in my fucking sheer, oh, I just said the F word. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> when I, when I do that sheer thing, I, it's comfortable to wear that, yeah. you know, but I like giving you something to look at. Can I add to this by saying that I made that video about reclaiming intimacy mm -hmm. and I obviously have to say not all sex intimacy is not just sexual. You, right. know, you have emotional, physical, <laughs> spiritual, all of the different intimacies. Mm -hmm. But when I say that, I mean it all encompassing. So when I made that video about intimacy and reclaiming that, um, I was like, it's not hard for women to like do their hair and put makeup on for their man to look attractive if you're yeah. going on a date. The amount of people that are like, well, why do they got to put up makeup? They don't. They don't have to put on makeup. Most right. men like natural beauty. You know how many times I've heard women say, well, we don't put makeup on for us. We, for you, we do it for us. Well, if that's the case, why are you in my comments with this bullshit right mm -hmm. now? 
if you like makeup or your man likes you in makeup, it takes you an extra 15 minutes to an hour, whatever. Some women take three hours doing their makeup. That's fucking insane. Yeah. I, I'm not I'm taking three hours to do anything. I sat on the couch for 20 minutes and did my makeup for this. Right. But it doesn't take much to take that extra step. Mm-hmm. I have nice clothes in there. I don't wear them ever. But if we were going, like we're going to see a musical in March. Mm-hmm. And you better believe I'm going to dress up. I'm going to look like, like uh, I mean, I'll put on $20,000 watch, do the t-shirts, you know, the, the jeans, tuck the shirt in, wear the nice Hugo Boss shoes I have. Like, I, I'm going to do the thing because we're going out. Right. And do I want to do that? Absolutely not. I would love to go out wearing some gym shorts and a tank top, my flip-flops, because that's comfortable to me. Mm-hmm. But I know that you get to look at me like that in a way that you don't get to see me very often. Right. I also know I'm going to get some play when I get home. <laughs> Because we, we're going to go out and we're going to be doing a date and it's going to be like courting all over again. It's right. going to be exciting and sexy and fun. Why would you fight that? What really blows my mind is women saying, why do I need to put my makeup on for him? Why did you do it in the dating phase? Right. Why did you do your makeup and put your hair up and make sure you looked your best in the dating phase and then think it's okay to let that just not be a thing anymore? That, that totally falls into, well, I landed him. I don't have to do anything else. Women complain about that shit all the time. He landed me. Now he doesn't do anything for me. Okay. Well, what do you do for him now? Mm. Makes me angry. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, we had another person. Okay. I, I'm, I'll come back to that. Cause okay. I, that, that will take this conversation in a whole different, different perspective, but remind me about the single mothers thing. Okay. Um, last point on this. And then I have some, a uh, couple of questions. How often do you recognize and validate positive things in your partner? the small trivial things that people overlook and take for granted because that is what your life has become accustomed to. Simple positive affirmations can make them feel validated, appreciated, and seen. Oh my God, it is not hard to thank your partner for all the things that they do. I make it a point, no matter what it is, if you do something, I'd be like, hey babe, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. You're like, no big deal. It's not, it's not a big deal. You were doing it anyways. But the fact that I'm acknowledging that you did it and that you didn't have to do it, changes the entire process for you right it does it for me like if i if i if i have to run to the bank and i just happen to take your truck and refill it with gas and i come back and you're like oh you filled my truck up with gas thanks yeah no problem Mm -hmm. you're recognizing that i took that extra step to do something that i didn't have to do that i did because i want (laughs) to to make you happy those moments of positive affirmation validation and seeing that your partner truly loves you Mm -hmm. and recognizing that changes the entire dynamic of your relationship it does Because at that point, nothing is expected. Mm -hmm. It's all appreciated. I believe, I believe that when you have expectations, it should be that each, each partner is going to hold up their fair share of labor. Mm -hmm. That's where an expectation comes in. But even with that expectation, gratitude still needs to happen because we are not endangered servants. Right. We serve each other because we want to, not because we have to. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's all that I have for the check-in. I have I have a couple of quick questions. Do you have something? I do. Okay. So as you were saying about like being grateful for things that they go out of the way to do, I think it's also important to just like acknowledge the daily shit that they do. Right. It's your job to take the trash cans down and bring them back up. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I'll be like, damn, you make that look good. Yeah, you do. Right? You, I do. Because you watch on the cameras when oh. I do it. I'll watch you walk out the front door. I'll, I'll follow the screens. I'll be like, hey, front door. Ooh, now he's walking in the driveway. <laughs> and then you you disappear for a minute and you come down with the trash cans. I'm like, oh, he makes it look so good. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's super important to still be like flirty and cute yeah. and 
you're doing your thing that you do every week. Right. But me doing that cute little flirty moment with you is like, okay, I'm going to keep doing the trash then. Yeah. Right? That actually does do that. And, yeah. and I, I say it all the time that men are simple creatures. You mm-hmm. validate us. You tell us we're proud. And, hey, you're a good dad. Those kind of things go really fucking far for most men, especially men who are in their like 35 to 55 range because mm-hmm. we didn't get that shit growing up. If you if you were with a Generation X man and you tell him that you're proud of him, there's a strong possibility that motherfucker is going to cry. He may not do it in front of you. He may have to go poop. Yeah. And he's going to cry in the process. Like that goes a long, long way with with my generation. That's not something we heard a lot of. Um, that simple recognition in terms of, oh, you look real good taking out the garbage. Most men don't get compliments like that. And even though I know you say things like that to me on a regular basis, I still really enjoy hearing it. Yeah. Even when it's a joking thing like the garbage cans. Oh, I a hundred percent mean it. Though. I know you do, but you say it in a joking <laughs> manner when I come in every time. And I, I'm almost expecting that it's going to happen every single time. So when it doesn't, I'm like, damn, she didn't look at the cameras. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, you know what I mean? Like, we know that that's going yeah. to be a thing. And even though it's repetitious, it, and it could become, become habitual at one point. Oh, mm-hmm. that's another thing. The habitual I love yous. It's are, a problem. It is a fucking problem. When we, my big thing before you and I was always love you, bye. I don't, I don't want to, I love you, have a great day. It was just love you, bye, and I'd hang the phone up. I realized previously that that is a habitual thing, mm-hmm. leaving before you, you know, leaving the house, love you, see you later, walking out the door. That habitual phrase means nothing because it's a habit for you to say it before you leave. If you stop and make eye contact and be like, hey, babe, I love you, and a hug or a kiss or mm-hmm. just an intimate look before you walk out the door, that means something. Right. The <clears throat> habitual phrase is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. I would rather not hear it then have it not mean something. Right. So, go ahead. So, it's going to be the last thing I say that we can go No, on. you're good. So, if you were in a public setting, you were leaving, and you left, and you're like, all right, I'll see you at home. I was like, all right, babe. And this person was like, he didn't say he loved you. And I was completely taken aback. I was like, what do you mean? Like, what? Right. And she was like, he, you guys don't say that every time you leave? And I'm like, no. There's times where you and I just look at each other and I'm like, ooh, yeah, okay. Yeah. When I get back, he's going to be all over me. I get it. Yeah. There's times where we leave and we'll be like, I'll say you're handsome or whatever and be like, yeah, I know. Yeah. And that's it. I leave. The fact that someone was so taken aback by the fact that we don't say it like repetitiously to mm-hmm. each other really made me realize that it does become a habitual thing. Right. And we don't say it to each other every day. We might go like a day or two without saying it. Right. But when you say it, my heart's going to be like, oh, my God. <laughs> right, because I'm not saying it by hanging up a phone right. or walking out the door. Like, we'll be sitting on the couch, and I'll look at you, and you would be like, what? And I'll be like, I love you. And you would be like, oh, shit, what made you say that? And i be yeah. like, I just wanted you to know it. Like, those are those moments that actually mean something. You're yeah. not just saying shit because it's expected of you. I know who it was that said that mm-hmm. to you, and it doesn't shock me at all that's, that, that, that that is a thing because she's the type of person that just follows the rules of what is expected of her. Yeah. And... That's a younger generation too, mm-hmm. which is a whole. I'm not even getting into that. Yeah. I'm done with that conversation because I don't want to shit talk people. Um, okay. Anything else before I start asking these questions? No. Nope. Okay. These are questions that I'm asking more directly towards the people who are listening and okay. less about the check-in. Okay. Are you completely honest with your partner? That is a very real question because there are a lot of people who will sugarcoat things. 
Mm-hmm. They will they will skirt around subjects because they don't want to hurt their partner's feelings. Or they're scared of a reaction. Or yeah, or they're afraid. They're not safe and secure. So mm-hmm. they want to omit. And when you omit things, you're lying. Omission is a form of lying. It is. Okay. So for those of you who are listening, I, I want you to ask yourself that. Are you honest with your partner? Completely, truly honest with your partner? Mm-hmm. Is there something that you have wanted to ask or tell your partner for a while and you have not done so? Do you keep your feelings about anything from your partner, i.e., do you go along to avoid conflict even if something bothers you? And can you be vulnerable with them without fear of them using it against you? And then lastly, when was the last time that you truly felt safe with your partner? These questions that I'm asking to those of you who are listening before a check-in are things that you need to evaluate and really process because Mm -hmm. these questions are going to tell you a lot about your involvement, your safety, your intentions in your marriage. Mm -hmm. If I felt like I needed to talk to you about something and I couldn't, or I was afraid of how you would react, or I was afraid I was going to let you down because maybe I did something wrong, that fear of judgment or betrayal or whatever that is would absolutely kill the communication with us because I know that I can no longer confide in you 100%. I would be devastated. A lot of people do that, though, and they don't realize that they're doing it. There's people who are unhappy in their marriage that can't tell their partner why they're unhappy because they're afraid they're going to break their heart or they're going to hurt them or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. They're afraid of their reaction. These kind of things are going to dictate your success in the check-ins. If you feel like any of these are off, your check-ins are not going to be sincere. Mm -hmm. Um. I asked about the vulnerability because most men <clears throat> are told their entire life it's not okay to cry. Man up, pick yourself up by the bootstraps, put some fucking dirt on it, let's go. Men will cry in their car, they'll have meltdowns, some of us will be Baker acted, but we will not be completely vulnerable to our partners because we are afraid of the fear of retaliation in the event that things don't work out or you have a bad day or you want to go to your girls and gossip or whatever the case may be. We are going to look different in the eyes of other people by being vulnerable because it's not just you and it's not just this moment. If you are a man and you do not trust your woman enough to be 100% honest and open with them, what does that say about the person you pick to spend the rest of your life with? Do you not trust them enough to keep your secrets even when things go bad? Do you not trust them enough to be vulnerable and cry in front of them when you need to let go? Um, that is a very real concern and something that you need to look inward on. <clears throat> and you need to think about why it is that you have that with your partner. It is not uncommon for men to not want to hurt their partner by saying foul shit or mm-hmm. being unnecessarily angry or whatever the case may be. You know, we want to make sure that our women are safe and protected and feel that way. But if you are omitting things, you are lying. You in, um omitting your emotions and your vulnerabilities and the fact that you have crippling anxiety or super stressed out situations about whatever's going on and you try to bury, uh, carry that load on your own, you are also removing your partner's ability to help you. All of the things that I deal with every single day, all of the stresses with the businesses and the finances, the employees, um, past trauma, our arguments when we have them, which aren't really arguments, they're just heated discussions, but things that may trigger or bother me with you If I can't unload some of that, 
I'm going to overfill and, and combust. I know that you are my wife. We are loyal and servants of each other. You are capable of carrying some of that load until my shoulders no longer hurt and I can pick that back up and keep mm-hmm. walking. It's no different than that ruck that I that ruck video I made. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to continue with that. You guys get what I'm trying to say here. It's important that you you figure this shit out. These these five questions are are absolutely crucial to having proper checks check ins. And maybe those questions are something that you should ask your partner. Read them to them. Make them listen to this podcast and have them evaluate themselves in that as well. That's all I got on these. Do women really take their man's vulnerability and use that as gossip? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Wow. Look, there's um. I, I've told you we've talked about it. I know women who have been in dom sub relationships that took pictures right. of their their marks, and then when the relationship ended, had the man arrested for domestic violence. That happens. How that, absolutely disgusting. Right. And and what's he going to say? She asked for it. There's there's dude. People are fucking scumbags. And, and I don't care if it's male or female. People do vindictive shit when they're hurt. Mm. And men, <clears throat> like women, have been hurt so much that we tend to never treat love the same way and never treat the next woman the way we treated the one before. It's, um, it is commonplace to harden yourself a little bit more every single time you're hurt. Every time somebody slights you, you, may, you become a little bit harder of a man. That softness and the um, want to do for others after you've been burned so many times, just fades. And eventually you get angry, bitter, selfish men. It's, it's no different than what you see on the internet. I'll never get married again. There's no point in it. I see that all the time in my comments. Right, I do too. So that's it. That's very much a thing. Do you have anything that you want to go in with the check-ins? Because that was almost an hour on the check-in. No. All right. <clears throat> so let's get into some questions. This is a really long email. Um. Okay, this is a long email. There's, okay, she made some of the type big. Um, we desperately need help. Before you start, I know this is really long and I don't expect you to answer on the podcast. I am just in desperate need of help. And when we are healthy, our relationship is very similar to yours. So that's why I'm reaching out. If you do read this, thank you so much. Love you guys. Hey guys, I've been a long time follower of you both. Chris, a little longer. Um, I think my boyfriend and I think a lot like you. Um, he's also 50. I'm 32. I'm not 50, but I don't, so he's 50. She's 32. Mm -hmm. Um, we have been through a lot and I mean a lot when we get to where we are today. Um, but things aren't going so well lately. He tells me I have changed, but I feel he has too. He wants me to work on myself, which we both agree. Everyone needs to do. We are both in counseling, uh, working on our mental health. I suffer from bipolar type two anxiety and PTSD, but I also have severe hormone problems with PCOS and endometriosis. Um, I am having endosurgery on January 12th. I will admit that since taking this new hormone medication, my moods are all over the place. It's supposed to put me in a state of menopause, so I don't ovulate. Sorry, TMI, but I wanted to show, uh, show how strong it is. I am normally a very calm and quiet person. It takes a lot to, to make me yell or get me so angry that I'm seeing red. I'm also very selfless. Everyone I know says this about me. Since starting the medication, my boyfriend calls me selfish all of the time, and he never used to do this. It normally comes out when I tell him my feelings. I also get so angry I catch myself yelling, and I cry constantly. I have cried so much and caused so much damage, I literally have bronchitis right now. I didn't even know that that was possible. 
He says, I have changed and I will admit that since October, um, but that's when my pain got really bad again and we scheduled surgery. The chronic pain does play into my depression. He says, I am taking him down with me as my mood goes down. He is also having to co-parent with his ex-wife over the over their six-year-old granddaughter they raise. Um, she hates me and I'm not allowed to be around their granddaughter. And because she has full custody and his name is nowhere for right now, we have to follow her absurd, jealous rules. Okay, I'm going to stop right there because it's a whole lot in the first part of this paragraph. I mentioned the hormones earlier. Mm -hmm. um, this is not something that I would tell you to go to Summit for because that's this is obviously um, chemically induced hormonal change. When your hormones are not right, you are not right. I don't give a shit who you are. Mm -hmm. If your testosterone is low, male or female, it's a problem. If your estrogen's too high or too low, it's a problem, male or female. Um, the depression, the sleeping, the lack of sleeping, the lack of ability to maintain an erection, there are a lot of things that come for hormones, even estrogen affecting men that way, and it's even worse with women. That's why when, when women get hysterectomies, they get hormone patches. When they put those hormone patches on, the first day of a three-day patch is out of control because their hormones are through the roof as it's being pumped in, and it takes a little bit of time for the body to regulate. Do not, under any circumstances, make any life-changing decisions in your marriage or in your relationship until after your surgery. Yeah. This is not a time for you to be doing anything that is, like, truly serious. Mm -hmm. As for your old man or your boyfriend or husband or whatever you called him, um, if he is riding the roller coaster of your horm hormones with you, it's because he loves you and he's trying to be supportive, but you can't allow him to do that. If you're getting emotional and you're getting depressed and you're starting to, to cry and scream, you know that this is hormonal. Stop what you're doing. Remind him that it is hormonal and just take a breather. Mm -hmm. Until your hormones are back to normal or until you get on a regimen that works to put your blood where it needs to be, this is going to be a problem. And it's going to be a problem for him too because you have this life together and he's become very accustomed to who you are. And because your hormones are not right, you are not who you are. Mm -hmm. You have changed. Your hormones are messed up. Like that change is drastic. And I can't stress that enough. Do you have anything that you want to get into before I move on? No. Okay. Um, well, I feel he is overly nice to her, for example, and said, you are my best friend most of, for most of my life. It's nice to have felt it wasn't all gone. And his response was, it's not, I promise. He said all he meant by that was that they can be friends for their granddaughter. And I tried to explain to him that that's not how she took it. I'm going to pause there. How does she know how she took it? I, right. I, th there's no way of knowing. Right. Look, um, he's 50 or 32, you're adults. To think that he cannot be friends with somebody that he once dated and it just be platonic mm -hmm. is foolish to me. I, I have... Well, that's... They have a grandchild together. No. The, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Right. So they, they had a family. Right. This isn't just an ex-girlfriend. This is somebody he built a life with. Right. It's okay that they're friends. Right. If you have, if you spend 10 years or 20 years with somebody, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how bad it ends. You will always have a soft spot in your heart for that person because you spent that much time with them. You right. shared your life with this person for a short amount of time or a long amount of time. Mm -hmm. To think that you have to hate them or not like them is is asinine to me. I think it's childish. I, I am friends with almost every one of my ex-girlfriends. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, obviously when breakups happen and people are hurt, it takes time to get over that, but I don't hold grudges. I will, I will resolve shit in my head. I will take my accountability. I try not to throw blame, even though I know there is blame to be thrown. I own my shit. 
I forgive and forget and I move on. That's just the way it is. It's always been like that. It's really the only thing you can do. Right. Because living my life, hating somebody for the rest of my life that I was once in love with or spent a lot of time with is stupid to me. And I'm not saying that you're stupid. I'm saying that this situation, there's no reason that they can't be civil to each other or even be friendly. Right. I don't see this as cheating. There's a, a grandchild involved. Like you said, there's a family there. That is an important thing. This needs to be an understood scenario. Try to be better and be involved. And if she hates you, try not to be hated. I know that's hard to do. You can't control other people's emotions, but there are things that you can do to start trying to heal that. Mm-hmm. I can understand how she feels like it's <clears throat> crossing a boundary because she is his new woman. Right. She could be feeling disrespected by the fact that his ex won't allow her to be a part of the life that he has now. And I can kind of understand where that emotion is coming from. Like they might be forming something outside of what they have because she can't be involved in it. And I can understand the frustration and jealousy that she has as a woman from the outside looking in everything I said, like they can have a relationship, right? You have to take that step back and understand you're going through your hormones. I think you really need to sit down and figure out why it bothers you so much instead of just getting angry and frustrated about it and saying that it's wrong and attacking him for it. Sit down and have a conversation and say, you know, I know she doesn't like me. I'm really starting to feel like I'm being separated from things that are happening in your life. Like I'm, I'm your woman. I want to be a part of things. And when I see or hear things like that between you two, it makes me feel like a, lo- a level right. lower below you guys. Does that it, make sense? Yeah. And that's, that's a good conversation to have. There, there's more on here. Um, and it actually pertains to what we're talking about. So um, <clears throat> I also want to say, I forgot to, to mention this before I started reading the emails. When you guys send us emails, we are going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. There and and though I don't want to tell people the relationship's not worth it or you should end your relationship because ultimately it's your relationship that decision is yours to make. But if I see problems, red flags, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you. Right. None of this is, um, this is our opinions. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like what we have to say and and you're not happy with the results of the email that you sent us, I, I mean, kind of tough shit. No offense to anybody, but we are going to give you our unbiased, honest opinions on things. And not all the time, it's not always going to work out. We've had some people that have been kind of bothered by the things that we've said. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Hearing things that you don't want to hear sucks. It does. So, all right. Um, and I should have said that before I started reading the email because it doesn't really pertain to what we're talking about right now, but I needed to get the disclaimer while I was thinking about it. Um, he also, She also said, he also told her the other day he was never getting married again. And then last week she told him, I'm a hoe. I'm not a hoe. I've only slept with X amount of people. And he lied to me about what she said because he knew I would get mad at her. I told him they are too friendly. And he said every co-parent relationship is different. He did tell me today that he set a boundary with her about talking to me. I'm sorry, talking about me and anything other than their kids, especially the whole conversation. I believe him. Okay, so look, that's that's a fucking problem. I don't understand. What's the whole conversation? She, she called her. A she hoe? called her a hoe, right? To him, and he just let it happen. That's a problem. I don't give a fuck who you are. Somebody saying something negative to me about you, my response to them will be like, "That is the only time that you're going to get to say that." To me. What was his response to it? Um, you want me to read the whole thing over again? That yeah, whole just part? that whole part, yeah. Um, uh, he also told her one day he was never getting married again, and then last week she told him, I'm not a hoe, I have only slept with X amount of people, and he lied to me about what she said because he knew I would get mad at her. I guess maybe that should have said, I'm a hoe, 
because I've slept with X amount of people. I, I don't know why it reads that way. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, I told him that they are too friendly about, um, too friendly, and he said every co-parent relationship is different. He did tell me today, he set a boundary with her about talking about me and anything other than the kids, especially the hoe conversation, and I believe him. So I think that she said that she is a hoe, or she's not a hoe because she's only slept with X amount of people, which means he's told the ex how many women that, people that she slept with. I, I don't know. That 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 scenario doesn't read right. Yeah. But either way, like to talk to your ex mm-hmm. about his current relationship and talk negatively about his current woman a is a problem. And it should never be allowed to fly. Mm-hmm. Like you are committed. I mean, obviously, I don't know if they're married. Um, they could just be in a relationship. And, and that does change things a little bit for my belief system because you date people before you get like serious and that's a learning phase. The courting process is a different scenario than when you're living together as if you're married and and doing the the life thing. Mm -hmm. But I would never allow somebody to disrespect you beyond that. Like you get that one warning, like especially if it's a guy, like that's the only time you're going to get to leave here with your teeth intact, like watch your fucking tone. And with a woman, whether it's, um, you know, my mother or whoever, it'll be the only time you get to disrespect my woman like that. Don't do it again. Because now I'm I'm taking charge of the conversation and making sure that it's addressed. Right. Um, and they know my boundaries on it. Um, let's see. One thing I can say is he doesn't delete any of his, any of this, and I am welcome to see his phone at any time. And when I point out these things, he tells me they're not how he meant them, and he explains what he meant. I told him women takes things literal and I know he uh, I know that's how she took it and I don't want her thinking he wants her. He said it doesn't matter what she thinks because he cannot stand her. They are divorced for a reason and he is with me. So the fact that you have unfettered access to his emails and text messages and shit shows that he's not trying to be deceitful. Right. You need to take that into consideration and in that I mean, obviously, men say what we mean. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the whole part of being a man is that your word means something. So you right. fucking mean what you say and say what you mean. Um, I think the context matters. If I, she's saying shit like, I miss you, and he's like, yeah, I miss you too. Yeah. That's a fucking problem. Right. But, oh, I keep saying that. I, I've been dropping them too. My mom's just going to have to know that I'm sorry. Now, if she's saying something like... I'm glad you came over today and hung out with the grandchild. We had a lot of fun. And he says, yeah, I had a lot of fun as well. Can't wait for the next time. That's not an issue. No, but some people may take it that way. Insecurities happen, especially when hormonal. I understand that, but those are conversations that need to be had. That's not a, not a slight. Mm -hmm. And if it makes you feel uncomfortable, that's when that conversation needs to be had. When it makes you feel uncomfortable, not when it becomes a problem. Um, I I said those two examples because they're two very drastic situations. One is definitely not okay, and one is I can understand where the insecurity comes in, but you need to see it from he's just there for the child. Right. Um, he says, it says, I try to tell, tell him it's her I don't trust. The past three months for us have been uh, hell, and we have never been this way. For six months, she was blocked, and we were great. We were so happy. He unblocked her because she finally let him see his granddaughter again after six months. Mm-hmm. The conversations with her used to be very neutral, and now he's so nice, but he says it's because he wants uh, a co-parenting friendship, and he doesn't want her to take his granddaughter away again. The way he talks to her does affect my depression, but he says it shouldn't because he's with me, Uh, and he also has to be civil. Look, there's a difference between being civil and being overly 
friendly, flirtatious. Right. And you have to look at the situation. Is he just being overly friendly? Because it's not a problem. You mm-hmm. know, it's making sure that the situation stays kosher and you're able to deal with shit. There's, you know, civility is fine. You can get a lot accomplished by just being civil. If he has to be overly friendly to this woman so that he can see his grandkid, there's probably a possibility that she wants more and he has to abide by that in order to see the kid. That's a problem mm-hmm. because she's manipulating the situation and he's allowing it to happen. Right. Um, but there's a kid involved and that that complicates things. This says for the last three months, well, three months is October when your pain started. You've been hormonal as fuck for the last three months. Mm-hmm. Your hormones are not where they, they need to be because of the drugs that you're on. That is a bigger problem for you than this would otherwise be. You're looking at life through tainted glass right now because your shit's off. I was going to say, it's like you're looking through a fog. Yeah. Like... Uh, um, I don't understand why all of a sudden after six months she just unblocked him. Like that seems kind of like a random thing to do. There had to have been something that created a need for engagement between the two of them for whatever reason because people don't just unblock you to unblock you mm-hmm. unless they want to start snooping at your life. You right. know what I mean? I, I fucking hate social media so much. Um, I should probably also mention for two years we were on and off because he kept leaving me for her or cheating on me with her. Okay, so now that changes everything. And his reason reason um, was when he chose me, he lost his granddaughter, which he did. That's not a lie. She would even tell us that she was taking her away if he chose me. This evil woman, because she hates me, uses his granddaughter against him. He finally left for good and told me it was because he knew if she took his granddaughter away, his granddaughter would always love him. And like I said, she did keep her away for six months with no communication whatsoever. To him, his daughter, um, to him, this is his daughter. He has raised her. This woman is narcissistic and manipulative. Manipulative. I swear I can read. So, of course, I do not trust her, and this is why everything with her bothers me so badly. So it, it sounds like you have a reason not to trust him. Right. If he cheated on you. That was his choice. That was a decision he made. Mm-hmm. That that's That changes the entire conversation of the email knowing that he went back and cheated and lied about it. Did she say, did that, say that he lied about it? Um, I don't think it said that he lied. I think it just said that he cheated and choose a, chose the ex-wife over her. Kept leaving me for her, cheating mm-hmm. on me with her, and his reasoning was when he chose me, he lost his granddaughter, which he did. Cheating has nothing to do with your granddaughter or with a granddaughter. That's not that's not how that works. That's not how that works. That there's that's not like a oh, I'm gonna go see my kids, so I gotta lay the dick down. That's not how that works. You can have a relationship with a family member or somebody that shares DNA with your granddaughter without getting the noodle wet. It's not there's not a reason for that to be a thing. Mm-hmm. And even if that was a stipulation that was like, hey, you're not going to see the kid unless you you give me some D, like there's other options. There's courts. There's there's a whole lot of other things that could take place there. That was an active decision. Right. If he was, that's an active decision. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I could be like, you know, he doesn't love you because he cheated on you, but I mean, maybe he loves both of them. You know, people have different layers of love for different people. You can be in love with two people at the same time. That is a normal emotion for people. I don't give a shit what anyone says because people are like, can't love two people at once. Yes, you can. You absolutely can because love differs from every single person because you get different things from different relationships from every person that you interact with. Whether it's your best friend, a woman, a man, whatever the case may be, you're going to get a different 
need met from that relationship. That's why you have those relationships. You're making me feel super insecure right now. Why? Are you in love with somebody else? Uh, your alter ego. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not the one at question here. Right. I, I don't, I don't entertain that shit. I am, I'm an asshole. I am. And, and though I don't want to hurt people's feelings, I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. I don't like, I, I would rather not hurt somebody's feelings, right. but I have no filter. And I don't care what people think of me. I, I truly don't. Like, mm-hmm. unless it's going to destroy my reputation, but in order for it to destroy my reputation, I would have had to make a decision to do some really foul shit. Right. And I will eventually always own my shit. Always. So, like, this scenario is him throwing the blame and playing the victim. Mm-hmm. You made a decision. Right. This is not... She didn't rape you, bro. Like this, this, that's not how that worked. This is, you can call it manipulation all you want. This is your ex Mm -hmm. and you had an opportunity to get your dick wet and you took it. That's a decision. I I don't, I I disagree with everything that's happening in this email from that, that one fucking sentence. Okay. So of course I do trust her and this is why everything with her bothers me so badly. I'm sorry. I do not trust her. Uh, but since he has started having communication with her again, he has changed. But if I bring up my feelings, I am selfish. Our most current fight is because I did read the conversation where he said the best friend thing. He said I shouldn't have read it. I should trust him. And then I'm hurt by what he said because she clearly thinks he's still her best friend in that comment. He's told me that if I don't change, get out of my depression and not be so jealous, then he's going to leave me. This entire relationship has been going on since 2019. When I tell you I have never loved anyone the way that I love him, I absolutely mean it. I believe that because he cheated on you and you were still there. You can't, you can't fucking cheat on somebody and then be like, you have to trust me. Mm -hmm. No, bitch, I don't have to do anything. You fucking showed me who you were. You showed me your actions will always speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. You can lie through your teeth. Words are when they mean nothing. Your action showed me everything with your intent. I don't have to trust you. My depression and my selfishness and and my insecurities are because of you. This entire scenario should have been resolved. And this, this should not be a thing. If you two love each other and he loves his granddaughter, then he should have went through the court system Mm -hmm. and tried to make it so that he has rights to his granddaughter. Um, I don't know about, I don't know where you're at. I know that some states actually have grandparents' rights. That's a thing right. in some states. And, and you should look into that because if that's the case, he should be hiring a lawyer and letting a lawyer deal with this shit instead of going around and being around somebody that you don't trust, making the relationship difficult because if he loves you the way that you love him, he would not be putting you in a situation to feel the way that you do. <sighs> shit frustrates me so much. I can tell. Um. He told, he's told me if I don't change, get out of my depression and not be so jealous and he's going to leave me. You're, okay. My mom had cancer when I was a kid. Right. And, and I spent time in and out of the hospital. She had a full hysterectomy. I've witnessed, and obviously medicine has evolved since the 90s, but I witnessed the hormone patch. When my mom had to take her estrogen, I would leave. There were times that I slept outside instead of going home because of the drinking and the estrogen. I know what your hormones being off can do to you. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't know what 
this does, he needs to do some research. You both need to do some research. This is something that doctors should discuss with people. Right. The, the hormone understandings now are so much further advanced than they've ever been in the history of man. We know the importance of hormones. And doctors don't understand them the way that hormone replacement therapy people do. I can't promise you that Summit can help you. Summit reju- rejuvenationcenters.com. I'm not affiliated with this, this company at all. I get nothing from talking about them. Um, I do know the owner of the business on a personal level. Like I've, I've had long in-depth conversations with him to make sure that he knows his shit because I know my shit. And I'm not going to tell somebody to go talk to somebody that doesn't know more than me. Scott knows his shit. If nothing else, maybe reach out to them and see if they can give you some sort of advice. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a very strong possibility that you're going to have to be on hormone replacement therapy if you're having hysterectomy. Right, surgery for whatever was going on with your... I don't remember what it said at the beginning. He needs to understand that. Um, because I have borderline personality disorder and depression, I, I've, I've had threats made to me like that in the past. If you don't get on meds or you don't start going to therapy, I'm leaving. Holy shit, are you serious? Yeah, we'll have that discussion off air. That That is a buy. I'm not, you're not going to dictate my life. Right. If I, if I can't get my shit under control, the last thing you want, I promise you the last thing you want is me on meds because mm-hmm. when those meds fail, the suicidal thoughts go from a one to a hundred and one, like within seconds. I've been there, been mm-hmm. Baker acted because of it. I'm not fucking doing that ever again. And I understand medicine's gotten better, but because of my experiences, there's nothing anyone's going to say to make me change my mind in that. If you are not willing to stick by your person, through their depression and and the things that they're going through with their medical conditions, that's fine. Mm-hmm. People will judge you for it. Fuck them. If you can't handle it, leave. Um, that's a problem. Anyways, uh, where was I? When he left me the last September for what I thought was for good, I was crushed. He realized in November. He made a huge mistake and fought for me and made me all of these promises up to February when he finally won me back. He's not the man who won me back anymore, and he says it's because I'm not the woman he won back. He lost that man around September. I do know he loves me because I had emergency surgery in August and he never left my side unless he was at work. He stayed with me until visiting hours were over or sometimes over when the nurses allowed it. Uh, He has also done plenty of other things. Oh. Itch. Sorry, he's also done plenty of other things to show me and things he has said. We both talk about how we have this pool, and when we were both trying to describe it for the first time, he said a pool at the same time. It was so strange, but we have a pool towards each other. Everything about us, uh, without the fighting, complements each other almost perfectly. Our hands even fit together as if it was a perfect fit. Uh, That's why when things are amazing from February till October, it baffles me how we are fighting and how so far off and distant. My own sister, she raised me, says I have never loved anyone the way that I love him. And she can't understand why all I can do, uh, all I can tell her is I just don't, I don't know he's my person. We have this magnetic pool. I know the man he can be and that he is deep inside. He claims my depression has changed him. Your hormones are off. Why doesn't he understand this? Do you all have any advice? I know this is a lot and complicated, but I am desperately. I unconditionally love this man, and I want him forever. I can't put into words the love I have for him, obviously, because he cheated on you and you went back. Then there was a follow-up email. There was actually a couple emails that I sent because when I got this initial email, 
my first response was do not make any life-changing decisions until your hormones are back together. I saw that. I I I understand hormones. Mm-hmm. I can't can't stress that enough. If your hormones are wrong, you are not who you are. Like you are a completely different person when that's going on. I can't stress that enough. Anyway, she said I really appreciate this because the way I see her feel about you is how I feel about him. I'm talking about you feeling about me. Right. He's my light and everything, and I would move mountains for him. We both decided to work on ourselves today. He actually broke up with me yesterday over breaking his trust and looking at his phone. So they're not married. No, but he gave... Okay, hang on. Because I did it behind his back instead of asking him to see it, he literally has my face ID set up on it because he wants me to know I have access to it at any time, uh, anytime I ask. I completely understand that I was wrong, but it was my worry that came out of him telling him his ex. Uh, I shut that engagement shit down real quick. Uh, oh, that, that okay. Mm-hmm. So he told her, I shut that engagement shit down real quick. I'm never getting married again. No one is moving here. This is mine and Alice's house, his granddaughter. He apologized for telling her that, actually cried, and told me he did not mean it, how it came out. And he basically has to butter her up so she doesn't take Alice, but I feel betrayed. Okay. That's a lot. He's manipulating the situation. You have, you have every password, right? Everything. I have nothing to hide from you. Mm-hmm. You, you, you will literally answer my phone at times. If right. I'm in the shower, my phone rings. I'm like, who is that? Answer it. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't. Whatever. I have my location sent with you, right? So that you can look at that whenever you want and see where I am. I have nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. If I gave you my passwords and you were like, hey, let me see your phone, or you just grabbed my phone and started digging through my shit, there's not a trust broke there. I gave you permission to do that. Face ID. I'm giving you permission to look through my shit. Right. Like, so, so I have a counterpoint. Okay. So I do have access to your phone. I know passwords to everything. Like you said, I have your location. Right. How would you feel if you were in the shower your phone was on the nightstand charging and I sat there, went on your phone and went through it without telling you. I would be bothered by it. We've had right. that discussion. Go That's ahead. an issue though. It is an issue. That is me showing you I don't trust you. Right, which is what happened here. Right. And I feel like me going behind your back because your phone is a very personal thing to you. It's to everyone. Right. That I meant that as a general right. statement. I feel like I am breaking your trust in me going through your phone without permission because that does not belong to me. Right. So I can see where his frustration came from. I just, I, I wouldn't do that to you. Right. We've also had a conversation. This the first video that mm-hmm. I ever had hit a million views on TikTok was about this exact conversation. Right. I am of the mindset that if you don't trust me and need to go through my phone, we're done. Yeah. And that's not me saying, bitch, if you look through my phone, I'm leaving. Because mm-hmm. I would never do that. I have said that in the event that you did exactly this when you were done. I'd be like, are you satisfied? Didn't find anything? No, cool. You can go now because you're showing me that you don't trust me. Right. And everything in a relationship is based on trust. Mm-hmm. If you don't trust your partner, there's nothing. There's nothing to stand on. There's no ground. You are you are basically building a foundation in quicksand. Right. If if you were like, if, if you were, if, okay, so if you saw something while I was scrolling on, on Facebook and you're like, hey, can I see your phone real quick? And you open Facebook and started scrolling to find that picture. That's a different scenario than you looking for something to fight about. Right. If you, and again, that's also different than you not trusting me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would ha- never have an issue handing you my shit. Right. Ever. But I need to know that you trust me because mm-hmm. if I feel you don't trust me, our foundation is sinking. Right. And that's where this, this problem comes in. If... 
I guess in that aspect, you're right in that he he should still have that that resemblance of security, mm-hmm. and that she should have asked to go through it. Um, but he's also shown previous actions that make him untrustworthy. Right. So there's not trust there because he's already cheated on her and lied and and done the things that he's done. And regardless of how he loves her, there will always be that insecurity there and that feeling of what if, especially when things are going on the way that they are. So we've also talked about this in a previous whatever we did. I don't know if it was on the podcast or not. He gave her everything. She Mm -hmm. has unfiltered access to his phone. Her going behind his back and looking anyway is invalidating him showing her that he is trying to gain her trust back. I agree with that. That was actually, that was a a Mm Q&A that wasn't a podcast, but I I remember that conversation and you're right. And this isn't me trying to justify what he's done. Like he has (laughs) fucked, he has messed up and he definitely has a, like a trial by fire to go through. I'm kind of doing what you're doing, like playing devil's advocate. Absolutely. So... And I agree with all yeah. of that. I, I I have this, the, the problem here, the problem in this is that not all people are going to be, people hold cheating to different standards, right? right? I understand, I, I understand that in the event that you wanted to cheat, there's nothing I can do about it. Mm-hmm. You're going to do what you want to do. I could have a problem with it. I could feel betrayed. I could feel hurt. I could feel whatever I'm going to feel. But at the end of the day, the decision that you make to do that is your decision to make. And I can either, if I love you, I can either accept the fact that you may do it again and that you're still coming home every night and that you're building this life with me, even though you're getting dicked down by another dude, or I can move you along and find somebody that's going to meet the requirements that I need in life and in fidelity and being monogamous. Right. If, if you can get past the fact that he cheated mm-hmm. and he's not talking to the person he cheated with, it means he may be cheating with somebody new. Right. You don't know these things. These are things that you two have to work through. He's going to have to prove himself to you, and you are going to have to accept the fact that the possibility of him doing this again mm-hmm. is it, it could happen. Right. I'm not saying that he can't change. I'm not saying that he didn't do this for his granddaughter. I'm just saying the likelihood of him re-offending is, is increased at is, this point. You can't trust that. You love him unconditionally, and you're willing to accept that he cheated and still keep him and, and try to make things work and want to be with him. Mm-hmm then you're going to have to accept the fact that he may cheat again and not push that. Because right. in the event that you are making him feel like you don't trust him, even though he's made amends and is trying to do the right thing mm-hmm. and trying to play both sides to, you know, to be active in his granddaughter. This is a whole manipulation thing on everyone's part. But if he's trying to be a part of his granddaughter's life and he's trying to make you happy and is trying to play both sides to make things work, then he's playing a manipulation game also. She's playing one. There's a lot of, of foul shit that's happening here. Mm-hmm. You guys need to be on the same page and working together as a team right? because you two are now, well, you work together. And if you're trying to make things work and trying to build a foundation and and he loves you the way that he says he does and you love him the way you say you do, then it should be the two of you trying to mm-hmm. make it work for his granddaughter because you're supposed to be his support system. Right. So in that aspect, there's a lot that comes into that. Um, knowing that you guys broke up and now you're trying to make it work again and you had these conversations until your surgeries are taken care of and your hormones are right, you're not going to be who you were before September. Yeah. You're just not. And he has to understand what's going on there. It's no different than when you and I started dating. You had to learn about borderlines so that you knew my triggers and my shit. I did a lot of research on that shit too. And none of that is, you're not responsible for any of it. Right. I'm responsible for my, for me. 
and my actions and the decisions that I make and the way that I process things and deal with them. Mm -hmm. And I know that you're not responsible for any of them, but you knowing about my borderline to the depth that you know about borderline makes my bad days a lot easier because I can just tell you like I'm having abandonment today or I'm overly angry today or my depression is kicking or I need validation today. I know what I'm going through because I know what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. I know what I'm feeling so we can have those discussions. If he doesn't understand the hormone process and doesn't know what you're going through, he's not going to understand that this is not a you thing. It's a hormone thing and it's making you overreact. Right. Especially if you got over the cheating thing and you weren't acting like this prior to October, knowing that that happened a year ago. Mm -hmm. So, or two years ago, she said. Um, I'm not justifying what he did, though. It was wrong and it will never happen again. The best friend thing did hurt me, though. But like I said, he explained how he meant it and couldn't remember if I was in the last email. Anyways, he dumped me and I blocked him, blocked me and, and blocked me yesterday and even turned off Life 360, which is his way of telling me he was serious. But today he came back um, after our time out and talked to me. Uh, okay. I. What do you think the chances are that he went to the ex's house yesterday? Turned off the Life 360 app so that he couldn't be tracked. They were broke up. Right? Mm. Why would you turn that off? Like, I mean, obviously, if you think that you're done, there's no reason for them to track you, but like... Right. It could also be... Again, this is me playing devil's advocate. So in the last three months, she has completely changed. Mm-hmm. Like, a three, like a 360, not like a totally different person. He could be struggling with how to understand what is going on. The dude's 50. Mm-hmm. You know, he might not be good with using smartphones and shit. He might be great at using them. He's just being neglectful towards her. But let's say that he's not good with smartphones. This man is sitting there trying to figure out how to handle you and understand what you're going through. And he's probably walking on eggshells. I guarantee you that's the case. And he's also trying to navigate keeping his ex-wife happy so he has access to his granddaughter. Mm -hmm. That whole situation sucks dick. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm really trying not to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I won't forget my thought process. I, I already forgot mine. Okay. I'm willing to bet that he went to the ex-wife and mm-hmm. vented about what's going on. Right. She probably said some things that made him think about some shit, and then the next day he felt guilty and went back and tried to correct things. When you have a support system for a very long time and those people are still in your life, they will always be your support system. Mm-hmm. Um, my best friend, Sean has been my longest lasting friend in real life. It's been 26 years or 27 years. I know him. he's like a brother to me when I'm really, truly having a meltdown and I need to, to vent my entire life to somebody I'm calling Sean. It's if, if this was his person and he didn't have anyone else to do that with, and you guys are having a fight, there's a strong possibility that that's, that's what happened. I could be wrong. It could be, you know, total assuming, but I'm willing to bet that, that, there was conversations that were had about what's going on. And she probably said some shit that made him think and, and it, it's making him question things. Mm-hmm. A lot of men don't understand women's hormones. There's no reason for us to know that. Right. And if he's 50 years old when he was in high school, that's not something that was taught. Mm-hmm. So unless he's actively done the research to learn about them, he's not going to know these things. Um, I've done, I'm, I'm 42, so he's got eight years on me, but I've done the research to know what I need to know. And I, and I guarantee you that like our kids aren't going to learn about hormones in school like that because it's not a necessary thing unless they're going into the medical field. Right. I'm sorry that I interrupted you. I feel like an asshole now. It's okay. 
Um, but he did come back today after our timeout and talk to me about how we arrived at working on ourselves. But my question to him was, why can't we go to counseling and do that together? He did agree that he doesn't want to lose me. So I feel like we are in limbo. I really appreciate you doing this. You have no idea how much, uh, and yes, on these hormones, I don't feel like I even know myself anymore. It's bad. And by the way, I am so sorry. I heard so many of y'all's TikToks once, uh, and shared so many, I sent them to him but I had gotten actually behind watching your guys' TikTok, so I'm not trying to get you shadow banned, blah, blah, blah. Um, there's so much there. And like, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. and just say that he doesn't know what's going on and he doesn't understand women's hormones and he's he could be having guilt. Like on a personal level, he could be feeling guilty about the grandkid or being guilty about the divorce or the previous relationship or whatever the situation is, there could be a guilt there. Mm -hmm. If she's constantly saying negative shit to him about you, it's going to create a negativity bias in his mind about you. And with you going through the hormones and being depressed and having everything going on on top of that, having an external source talking shit about you is going to change his view of you. Well, he did set a boundary with her after the fact. Right. But he could have seen how that negatively affected her. Right. And like at the time he by he could have just been totally tuning her ass out the whole time she was talking shit about his woman. And then he got there and was like, Oh, she said this, this, and this. And then it could have dawned on him in that moment, like, damn, I really shouldn't have let her do that. Because he's just trying to appease the situation right. to be around the ground. I agree with that. I, I so absolutely believe that. It a hundred percent could have been he heard her, realized that it's a problem, and then he addressed it at that point when he realized how negative that is. It really sounds like he's trying. Do you think that he would have checked that situation if she wouldn't have read the messages? Or do you think it would have continued? I think getting an outside perspective on things does influence people. Absolutely. Like I said, he could have just been, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, okay, all right. I think hearing that something bothers people, like, example, her ex could be talking complete shit about him. That might not bother him yeah. because he knows that he landed her. Like, right. that's it. So that man can talk all the shit he wants. That's not going to influence his bias on her. Right. So he could have felt the same way about that situation and then realizing it affected her the way it did. I don't know. I can't say that he would have addressed it if it was never seen. There's a lot. It's a lot to think about. I um, I definitely think that the... And I know that I brought up turning off the Life 360 app and him possibly going over there. And mm-hmm. I, I still believe that that could have been a thing, um, especially if they were broken up and right. not together anymore. Like, it wouldn't have mattered. They're broken up. So, so one, she doesn't need to access the Life 360. You guys are done. He blocked you on everything. He was done, done. Mm-hmm. And if something did happen at that point, you guys were broken up anyway. So you don't even have a right to know about it at that point, as far as I'm concerned, because you weren't together. But I think that you guys do need to have a discussion about it. And as much as I don't think it, you have a right to know what he did, I think that if this plays out and you guys rekindle things and six months later you find out that he did go over there, it's going to reignite a lot of things and you're going to end up with a whole lot of other problems. So you need to have a discussion about that. Right. And you need to explain to him, like, I'm not going to get mad about it because you don't have a right to be mad. You guys are broken up. You're going to get hurt and you are absolutely going to have to deal with that hurt. But it's better to know if he went over there and did that than not because in the event that you find out later, it's going to be an issue. Right. Um, and if you, if he did go over there and do that or even spend time with her, is that going to open the door for the ex to start more shit? Because now there could be like, well, he was with me the other night or 
it's a fucking middle school drama. But you know what I mean? Like that could be very much be a thing or maybe she's going to have it in her head that they're going to work things out if she wants to be with him because it sounds like that's what, what she wants. Mm-hmm. And he's just trying to appease the situation. Um, this is a fucking mess. It is a mess. What advice do you have for this woman? Because I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a negativity bias of the entire situation because of where things are mm-hmm. and my previous life experiences. Right. So... He cheated on her, left her for the ex, realized why he left her in the first place, and went back to his current woman. Okay. Gave her unfettered access to his whole phone, passwords to everything. When she asks something, he clarifies it and what he meant. He blocked her yesterday, removed her from everything, and then today he was like, maybe we can work on this. Yeah. Wording it the way that you worded it changed the entire view of this mm-hmm. because of the unfettered access to him trying to make things right. Right. In my head. So I, I really think like he's trying. Yeah. And you know, like I said, he's he's probably going through a lot of shit right now. I can guarantee it. His woman is changing. He doesn't understand why she's changing. That. He doesn't know how to help her. He doesn't know what he can say. He doesn't know what he can do because she she got he gave herself bronchitis from crying. Yeah. I'm imagining there's a lot of vo- like verbalization with that. Well, she said she's screaming and shit at him, which she's, she doesn't do. Right. How would you feel if all of a sudden my hormones change and I'm screaming at you? Okay. So I know hormones. Right. And if you started acting like that, I would make you go get blood work mm-hmm. because I can read your blood work. Okay. Aside from that. Right. I also have previous life experience because of what my mom went through with her cancer. Mm-hmm. For a normal man who doesn't know what I know, putting myself in that position and you change like that, I would think that it's my fault. Right. And then I would try to fix whatever's going on because that's what men do. Mm -hmm. There's a problem. Let us fix that problem. That's not always the answer to things. Right. I've learned that the hard way. Sometimes you guys just need to vent. And that would be my first thing. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, do you need me to fix something or are you trying to vent? Knowing that there's something going on with you and I can't figure out what it is and you can't talk to me and you can't express what's going on not understanding the hormone thing, I honestly, in his position, wouldn't know how to make us work. Right. Because I am such a huge proponent on we have to talk about this and figure out how we're going to move forward. If we can't figure this out, there's Mm -hmm. no point in moving forward. Right. I'm not going to live a life of unhappiness because you're fucking miserable and won't tell me what's going on. Mm -hmm. This is a very hard thing for a man that doesn't understand what's going on to the body. Right. Um, I watched my stepdad go through it with my mom when she was going through all this shit. Like, it, it's a hard thing. Um, and again, men are fixers. Right. We want to solve whatever problem our woman puts in front of us because it makes us feel like a good man. Mm-hmm. And when you can't articulate what the problem is because you're hormonal and you don't even realize it's the hormones, you just feel depressed and upset and angry. You right. can't even articulate at that point. I, you know, your IQ, when you get to that point, your IQ lowers so much that we're working on instinct mm-hmm. and pure emotional thought at that point. So horrible, horrible shit is going to get said. And, and we are not going to be okay. Right. I, I feel bad for both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and, and now that you've laid it out the way that you've laid it out, basically, because we read this email and you took what you took and I took what I took. 
hearing you lay it out the way that you laid it out, I feel bad as fuck for him because he's between a rock and a hard place Right. because he's being manipulated by the ex and he has no idea what the fuck is going on with his woman. So his home life and then his outside personal life is a disaster. Everything's fucked up right now. He's probably all over the place and I do feel bad for her. She's going through it. Oh, absolutely. Like the insecurity, the jealousy, the knowing that he's already cheated the hormonal imbalance, knowing you have a surgery coming up, like you're both going through it right now. You both, my recommendation would be to sit down and have an in-depth conversation about what you both are going through mentally right now. And it needs to be a non-defensive, like if he tells you you're part of the reason he's having a hard time right now, you need to hear that. You know how hard that's going to be for her with her hormones Oh, it's going to be so hard. And if you need to take a minute because you feel like you're going to cry, or you're going to scream, you need to tell him, I need a second to process that because of my hormones. Yeah. And he needs to understand that this is not an easy time right now. And until that surgery is done and you're on whatever you need to take for your estrogen and shit, like it's going to be a hard time for both of you. And this is going to be one of those points in your relationship where either you're going to come out stronger with a better understanding of each other because you both put the work in to understand one another, or you're just going to be keep going in this fucking breakup cycle where you break up and then get back together and then you're jealous and you break up and get back together. It's you both have a choice here. Ice maker. Did it all make sense? It did. It, may, it makes a lot of sense. And, and I, I agree on the being stronger point if they get through this together, because it's going to make their communication stronger if they can mm-hmm. figure out how to communicate with each other. Right. And if he's one of those people that is not um, clear and concise with the things that he says, and he has to explain what he means. Mm-hmm. He has to work on his communication All right. so that he is plain spoken. You shouldn't have to explain what you mean every time you say something. It could also be they have varying definitions. Right. And that, that comes into the check-in earlier, making sure right. that your boundaries and expectations are clearly defined. So in that instance, if he's explaining something, she needs to hear his definition of it and not say, well, you're wrong. You need to understand it the way I understand it. Yeah. We're coming up on an hour and 40 minutes. This wow. is our now our longest podcast. <laughs> yeah. I want to read one more and then we'll do two shorter ones. Just we have content throughout the week. Okay. This is a longer one, so I'm not going to do this one. Um, do I get to read anything? Would you like to read one? Yeah, I feel super left out. Well, I, I would much rather you read than me. Shit, that makes my life easy. I'm over here being fat, having a hard time breathing and shit. Oh, shush. All right, this is a lot of back and forth. So it, the first page matters and this, the, the last page matters. Okay. There you go. I get to sit over here and be pretty for a little while. So is this one that I've read? I have no idea. Let's go for it. All right. Just jumping into it. Hello. I'm Wait. F- I would like to say that that was a very productive conversation for us. Yeah? Yep. That that last email provided an opportunity for you and I to see things from very different points of view and then discuss them right? and change each other's thought process. Yeah. That is the entire point of having the communication struggles and, and like working through comprehension and understanding things so that you can have those kind of conversations with your partner. Mm-hmm. That was a dope moment for me. Yeah, me too. I okay. enjoyed it. <laughs> And there were points in there where I was finishing your thoughts for you. Yeah. Uh, I love you. I know. Mm. <laughs> I love the cockiness. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, I am a female, 30, married to my husband, who's 29 for a year and a half. I hope she tells us how long they've been together. 
Oh, because that's super relevant because everybody wants to know how long you've been together. Well, I feel like that is relevant. If they've only been married a year a, and a it half. It was a joke because oh. people tell us constantly, how long oh. you've been together? Yeah. No, I'm actually a 120-year-old elf, so he's 42. Let's figure that out. <laughs> there is so much, it's hard to know where to begin. So sorry in advance if this is jumpy and all over the place. We've been together going on six years in February. Oh, look at that. It's I like am. we're watching TV. <laughs> I really do do that. I'm so sorry. I can't believe we just got that on the podcast. <laughs> oh, wait, wrong one. <laughs> I love this thing. I'm so sorry. I'm like this. <laughs> I grew up in a traditional household. My stepdad did all the traditional man work while my mom worked part-time jobs and took care of traditional wife work of the house. I am... I have been having a hard time with my husband doing the traditional husband role, such as keeping up with my vehicle, taking the garbage out, etc. Also have to admit that I am not the greatest traditional wife, even though I try my best to be because that's what I want. Little backstory. I have a son who is six by another man. Okay. How long have they been together? Six years. Okay. That math don't add up to me. It does not. Proceed, sir. <laughs> okay <laughs> my son's father makes it very difficult for me most of the time a lot of people say I give in too much sorry there is a lot of Grammar it looks like it was issues. typed yeah. in a hurry my son's father makes it very difficult for me most of the time a lot of people say I give in too much my husband being one of those one of those people Punctuation matters, guys. Absolutely. It, it, it will definitely make a lot easier for us to read these cohesively. It'll make us not sound stupid. I know. I feel like, I'm like, oh my God, I've been reading since I was four, but I feel <laughs> stupid right now. Oh, man. Okay. So husband is one of those people saying that she gives in too much to the ex. Honestly, I just try to avoid conflict. I get that. I do... What best I do what is best for my son and do what needs to be done no matter what that is, which my son's father takes advantage of a lot of the time. Then you need to stop doing things. So you're married. Right. That's right. Yeah. So your partner comes first. Yeah. And and I I don't care if I catch flack for that or not. You have a you have a kid. You're supposed to protect that kid. He's mm -hmm. the step parent. He's supposed to protect that kid, but your partner comes first. Right. You two work together as a team to raise that child right. Show them how to love. Show them what's expected of a man and a woman. Mm -hmm. That kid comes second. I don't give a shit what anyone says. Right. When that kid grows up and moves out of the house, your partner is all you have left. And if you ruin that relationship for a child, like you're gonna probably die alone. Right. Or the kid will become 18 years old right. and divorce will happen mm -hmm. and then miserable and, and all that shit. And, and if they're 30, that means what, 50 years old? You'll be on the market again? Yeah. You know, don't, don't, don't allow your ex to become a problem to your current. Right. So speaking on experience, I co-parent with my kid's father. And I was going out of my way to do things for him for the sake of keeping peace mm -hmm. and making things easy when you and i got together and you started pointing out those small things i was like damn he's right like i i am bending over backwards for a person i'm not even in a relationship with 
just to make my life easier because we have kids together. I, now that we are together, you know, we are husband and wife. I am not going to put myself in a position with my kid's father to ruin our relationship. Right. He has friends. He has family. I am not the only person in his life that he needs to rely on because I happen to be the mother of his children. He's in a whole other relationship. Like, do not be calling me. Will I go out of my way to do something if it's like a super tight bind and he has nobody else? Yeah, That makes I you a decent person. Like, he needed a car battery. He had nobody to drive him to Walmart. <clears throat> you know, his dad was out of town. His mom doesn't have a car. All of his friends were working. Because he is my kid's father, I will go out and do like decent human things. I'm not going to come help you move. I am not trying to go out to breakfast with you to have a conversation about the kids. That can be a phone call. I don't know. I feel like that just needed to be stated. Okay. So because he has stated, mm-hmm. the the man in the email has stated that he has a problem with the way things are, are done between her and him. Right. That creates a problem in the household. Mm-hmm. If in the scenario that you laid out before you did that, mm-hmm. you asked me if I was okay with it. Right. Which I told you, there's no win. It's a no win situation for me because if I tell you no, then I'm the asshole who prevents you from helping him. And if I did have a problem with it, I couldn't tell you no because then I'm the asshole that that has a problem with it, right? Mm -hmm. So I have to put my my bullshit aside and be civil, even though there's times that I really don't want to be. Right. But if there is something that's bothering me and Mm -hmm. it's going on between you and your ex, and I'm afraid to say something, or I do say something and nothing changes, you're showing me where my level of importance to you resides. Right. In the event that you ever do anything that puts me second, third, or fourth to another person, I'm done. Right. I'm not going to fall second Mm -hmm. to anyone in my life ever again. It's just not going to happen. I would rather die alone and miserable than fucking trying to like prove my worth to somebody. And in that scenario, that scenario where you go above and beyond for your ex, knowing that it affects your partner the way that it does Mm -hmm. subconsciously, he's like, damn, that motherfucker means more to her than I do because she's choosing his emotion and his feelings over mine. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with the kid. That's how he's viewing that situation. Right. Okay. Personal traumas. Can you tell? (laughs) I'm so sorry you went through that. It is what it is. I hope I'm making it better for you. Like, I I legit go out of my way to make sure you're comfortable in our relationship, even when it comes to my kid's father, right. because I'm there for the kids. I'm not there for him. We've had conversations where you've come to me and said, like, X, Y, and Z is bothering me with you and your ex. And I've absorbed that, and they were very valid Emotions. Not. I didn't want to say emotions, but that's the only word that came to my mind. I'm not unreasonable. No, you're not. Everything that you've come to me about is very reasonable. And I take it into account. And I have conversations and things change. And they're not changing for nothing. Nothing that happens between me and the kid's father affects the kids. Right. It's all personal bullshit. And that's why it's valid when you come to me because it's personal between him and I. So when I have conversations and things change... It makes it better for both households. It's, I I can't remember where I was going with that. I just want to stress that from personal experience, having those conversations and implementing the changes that you come to me with makes an all around or all around better situation. It's important to listen to your partner. This is the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with who you want to spend the rest of your life with. Do not negate his feelings when it comes to a situation just because he didn't help create it. If that makes sense. 
that that's a really big deal for me. Right. I think that when things like that happen and, and people subconsciously feel second, mm-hmm. when they should feel like the most important thing, everything starts to shift. And it will be very minor things at first. And then more things will happen that will strike that nerve. And the more raw that nerve gets, the more things will change. Right. And it could take five or six years before things really fall apart. But that is one of those unforgivable sins, in my opinion. Right. And at this point, he's voicing it. Yeah. He's saying, this is this is uncomfortable for me. You go above and beyond for him. If you continue to ignore that, you're going to... I mean, other factors will play into it, but you're going to be one of the reasons that that relationship could fail. Mm-hmm. And I know it's hard. It's not easy, especially when it comes to kids, because you're so feel f- fearful of what he could do or what could happen. Right. Nobody wants their kids taken from them. Right. It, it's a really crappy situation because mm-hmm. I have fears like that. But once I address the situation, if the person is rational enough, all of the anxieties and whatever you're worried about happening because you don't go above and beyond for this person, you're going to see that it's just anxieties. Right. You, people got to keep in mind too, that you will, what if a scenario to death Yeah. and you will play through every single possible outcome and you will get stressed out and you'll freak out. And then the situation will happen. You're like, mm-hmm. damn, I wasted three days of my life freaking the fuck out over nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm, that's why I tell you all the time when you're like, I'm starting to get angry. Something. There's no reason for that. Until yeah. we have a reason to freak out and worry, don't fucking freak out and worry. And even when that time comes, let me deal with it. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for that because right. I, I won't, I won't panic until I have to. So that goes a long way. So she goes on to say, I do what is best for my son and do what needs to be done no matter what it is, which my son's father takes advantage of a lot of the time. You need to stop letting him take advantage. Mm -hmm. I was being taken advantage of and I put a stop to that shit and now it doesn't happen. Once you make boundaries and you adhere to those boundaries and don't give in, that just becomes life at that point. Right now, we have 50-50 custody a week on and a week off. I live 45 minutes from my son's father, which was my choice. I wanted a better life for my family, and that is what... And... What? I wanted a better life for my family, and that is what has given us. My son goes to school in the school district that his father lives in, so every other week for five days, I drive 45 minutes to take him to school, stay at my mom's while he is in school, and then come home after. Not right away, which is something I have to work on because it makes it hard for me to be that traditional wife I want to be. If it were me in this situation and I had, I made that choice, I moved 45 minutes away from my kid's father. I would drive 45 minutes in the morning to drop him off and then I would drive right back home. Right. I would do whatever I need to get done in those four or five hours and then make that 45 minute drive back. You are putting yourself in a position to fall behind. I want to know what she's doing after the kid gets out of school that prevents her from going back home right mm-hmm. away. That that's a that's a big that, that's a huge concern for me. If I came home from work knowing that you were forty five minutes away and you didn't come home for two and a half hours mm-hmm. when you should have been home fifteen minutes or forty five minutes after I got home or whatever the case may be, like that would be a problem for me. Right. I, I would be blowing your shit up. Like, where are you? Why aren't you home? Like, what are you doing? I. I, you know, it gets dark at, at six o'clock. It's five thirty. Mm-hmm. Are we going to have dinner together or not? Am I going to get some quality time with you? Like, right. do I only get to spend time with you on the weekends? Because now I feel like a weekend warrior husband. Like there's, there's a whole lot of questions that play into that for me. I probably should let you read before I, right. I judge that, but. I don't think she really goes into why she stays instead of going home. To me, it sounds like it's a convenience thing. 
because you're not making a 45 minute trip four times, right? one there, one back, and then one there and one back. You're just getting it all in one go. Yes, that second. So she spends 45 minutes. That's what, 90 minutes? That's an hour and a half? Yeah. You spend an hour and a half driving every day. Adding in another hour and a half is going to suck. To me, that is the choice that was made when you decided to move 45 minutes away. Right. So... You drop them off. Let's say we drop them off at school at 730, 7.30 in the morning. That's typically elementary school. You drive 45 minutes home. You're getting home a little bit after 8 o'clock. He gets out at 3 p.m. So the latest you can leave your house, I would say, is 2. Right. So you have from 8.30 to 2 p.m. to take care of household shit. Do you, the, know, do you know what you can accomplish in 45 minutes of drive time round trip? Or you just call it one direction. Because mm-hmm. if you're driving there with the kid and you're having conversations with them, that 45 minutes on the way home, if you have an audiobook or a podcast or any kind of reading that you need to do, mm-hmm. self-help anything, yeah. I dude, I love my drive time. Yeah. I love my drive time. Mm-hmm. I get more done during my drive, whether it's business phone calls, family phone calls, because I won't talk on the phone unless I'm in the car. I've been doing that too. Because otherwise I don't want I don't want to do this. Right. this you know, and I'm definitely not gonna put you on speakerphone so that I'm interrupting the TV in the house. You know what I mean? So I get a lot accomplished during that time frame. You can utilize that forty five minutes round trip or each direction without the kid mm-hmm. to your benefit. You can grow in that time frame. Right. Utilize that time. It's not just wasted drive time. Gas is expensive. Gas is expensive. That could also be another reason that she stays at her mom's right. house because of gas. Um That would so that whole thing would be a conversation I would have with my husband because you're falling behind on your traditional housewife duties. When you fall behind on duties, that's going to add stress in the household. That added stress in the household is going to add stress into your relationship. It's also going to make somebody feel like they're working harder than the other person. Right. So the first step, because you emailed us for help, the first step I would take is I, I would start driving home after I dropped the kid off. I would drive home. I would take care of whatever I need to take care of. And I would ask my husband, Is it okay if I do this? Like, do we have the funds to be able for me to make that trip four times in a day every other week? That way I can make sure that my half is being taken care of. It's going to alleviate the stress in our household. Right. I agree with that. Another thing is that she said she doesn't leave right away. So I'm I'm assuming the son gets home and then they're hanging out at mom's house for another hour to two hours. Mm-hmm. And then it's another 45 minute drive home, which negates all family time at nighttime. Right. So you're taking that time away from your husband. I also potentially, see that potentially. Issue. Right. Okay. It, it could, that would, if that's, that's the an situation, assumption. Right. right. It is an assumption. If that is a scenario, you're neglecting your husband. Mm-hmm. Cause what's going to happen. Okay. So you said three o'clock is about when school gets out for elementary. Kids, so yeah. call it two hours. Mm-hmm. That she stays there. That's five forty-five minute home. Puts her back at six o'clock. Dinner's home, not made. homework. Dinner, mm-hmm. bath time. By the time the kid goes to bed, you're both so tired that you're not getting any quality time together. You're not getting caught up on the day. Yeah, you are losing on all forms of intimacy at that point. Mm-hmm. That that's a, that would be a problem for me. Like that would be a legitimate problem for me. Right. <clears throat> on the odd weeks that I don't have my son, I stay home and still find it hard to do the traditional things a housewife is supposed to do. But by the time I'm a week behind on everything, but by that time I am a week behind on everything, laundry, dishes, etc. 
My husband helps sometimes with dishes and he takes the garbage out when asked, but never without being asked. Another thing I have an issue with is that in the last five years, he has been jumping from job to job and making it hard at times to make ends meet. Pause. Do you not have clear expectations of who job, whose job is what? Right. Because the garbage is a man's responsibility. Mm-hmm. We it, even tell our it, kids that. It, right. Our son knows at four years old that when I'm taking the garbage out, he's helping. We're yeah. taking, you know, he can hold the, the other handle of the bag while I carry it. Like I have him grab the little tiny recycle bin mm-hmm. at four years old and we take the garbage out together. And in the event that you've, tr- you've you know, when we did Christmas, you went outside to hide something from them. Yeah. He's like, no, mommy. That's a a man's job. You're a lady. You don't do that. I'll do it. And he kept trying to take the garbage out for you because we've instilled that. If I'm spending $140 a week on nails, pedicures, Mm -hmm. whatever, however often you go do that, the last thing I want is your nail coming off, picking up a heavy ass garbage bag. Right. That's a man's job. Or I appreciate that consideration. Or or you pulling that out of there and there being a hole in the bottom of the bag and, and gross shit getting all over the floor that now has to be cleaned up like... So he needs to be dealing with that. That's a man's right. job. You need to lay out the expectations of whose job is what, and those expectations need to be adhered to. When everyone knows their job, it's not hard to do. On the the event, in, in the event, mm-hmm. there's no way in hell that I'm letting dishes sit in the sink for four days. Right. Has that, that happened? No. Oh, I... Uh, that email said that she gets a week behind on dishes. She's got to then play oh. catch up. I, I'll burn this fucking house down if we get roaches. Mm-hmm. I mean that. Right. I, I have hues come out. Like I have a, a pest control that comes out here consistently. I don't fuck around when it comes to bugs. And it's not because I'm freaked out by bugs. It's because I don't want to live like that. Ants, anything. Mm-hmm. I don't want that shit in my home. So if I came home and it had been a day of dishes in the sink and I saw food crusted up, I don't give a shit what you're doing. I'm doing the dishes. I don't need to be asked. I don't want bugs in the house. We may have a discussion about it afterwards, like, hey, can you please not leave the dishes overnight or whatever the case may be. Right. But if she's gone and not coming home because she's <laughs> hanging out with her mom and the dishes aren't getting done, like he's now having that responsibility added to his plate. Mm-hmm. And if that was a clear defined job of her responsibility, then he's doing her job. There's going to be resentment there. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. If I were a man and my wife is 10 days out of the month, getting behind on things because she's lollygagging at her mom's house and talking shit and whatever and getting home late and can't keep up. I wouldn't do anything without being asked either because who gives a fuck at that point? Nothing's getting done. You're not working as a team. Right. You're going to catch so much shit for that statement. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I would be so frustrated as a man. I understand that depression happens and things are going on in life. You committed to a person. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to shit on this woman. I'm just pointing out things in my thought process on how I would handle this situation. I can see the comment section now. Well, what about the guy that just comes home and plays video games and ignores me all night long? And that's also a problem. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about. But that's, those are the comments that are going to happen. And now that I've said that it's not going to happen because I just, everyone that was typing that comment is now deleting because I just addressed that right. shit. But I guarantee you, had I not said something, that would have been that would right. have been the comment section. That, that's a whole deflection tactic. Yeah, absolutely. Change the narrative it, of the conversation to make me a victim. Right. This is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> just just from this first few paragraphs, I feel like everybody in this situation is depressed. I think the effort's not there. There is no effort when you're depressed. She is so far behind on things, she feels like she's never gonna get caught up. I'm depressed. Right. You think I'm not putting effort in? You handle your depression differently. Right, though. because I have expectations. Right. I, I'm not going to be a victim and I'm not going to allow myself to fall behind and be less of a man for you mm-hmm. 
because I'm sad. Right. If if I have crippling depression where I need to lay down and take a nap and sleep in the middle of the day, which has happened, you know it's fucking bad. But the next day when I get up, regardless of how I feel, I have shit to do. I get that. The world is not going to stop because I, I need a hug. Yeah. So, and I don't give a fuck how people feel about that. I deal with depression, suicidal depression, mm-hmm. and I still get through my shit because I have people that fucking depend on me to get it done. Right. So that's not an excuse to me. It, I, I agree. There's mornings especially when my depression gets bad. Like I'm at that same point where I'm suicidal. Like, do I get up and brush my teeth or do I grab a gun? Right. Like, and in those mornings I might lay in bed until 10 30 or 11 o'clock, but I still get my ass out of bed and do dishes and sweep and clean the counters and put everything away and do our laundry mm-hmm. because that's my duty. Right. You know, because you're living for another person now. It's not just about you anymore. Right. That was intense. Guys, I'm a passionate person. Right. And and I know that people tell me that I'm a very intense person or I get angry and, and mm-hmm. sometimes there's frustration there. There's certainly frustration when we have some of these conversations because I don't understand right. how people can allow these things to happen to themselves or you know allow themselves to be treated the way they are by their people. Mm-hmm. But I genuinely do believe that. Like right. I don't you know, I don't want to go to the gym every morning. Mm-hmm. When I wake up I, and there are days that I, I flat out be like, I don't want to do this as I'm grabbing my drink and walking out to the gym. I do it because it needs to get done. Mm-hmm. I have I have a duty to those that love me to stay alive as long as I can to provide and protect and be healthy. And if I let myself get fat and heart disease and cholesterol issues and all the bullshit that comes with being unhealthy, right. I could live a lot less time and the people that depend on me to be that man for them, the mm-hmm. people that I love are going to suffer. Right. So as much as I don't want to get up and go do that shit, I get up and do it. And I do it most of the time without complaint. I will complain on my way out there and I'll complain while I'm in there, but yeah. I'm doing it. So at that point, it doesn't matter if I'm complaining or not. The work's right. getting done. So in that, that carries over to all things. That's mm-hmm. a self-discipline that I've instilled in myself that I won't allow myself to regress on because it's important to me to be that person. Right. It's self-accountability. So before I continue reading, I want to specifically say I'm not trying to shit on this woman. Of course. I might be saying things that she doesn't want to hear. And hearing things like what I've said could be hard to take in. I've really wanted to be thought about though. Right. You know, like take what I've said in consideration. I'm not trying to be shitty. I'm not trying to be attacking. You know, you emailed us for an opinion and I'm sorry if I'm coming across like aggressive or judgmental. That's not how I'm meaning it to be. I'm just seeing a lot of, a lot of faults on both ends. Right. I don't think, I truly don't believe that people send us emails expecting us to just agree with them. Right. And anybody that's ever gone to therapy before, you may be the one that's going to therapy and you may get your partner to go and then Mm -hmm. you may get shit on the whole time your partner's there by your therapist. You don't know. Yeah. But until you have somebody from, that doesn't have any value or, um, a, you know, real, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's no, um, there's no skin in the game Mm -hmm. for your relationship. We don't know you. So we're giving you an unbiased, right. unfettered opinion based off of what you've told us. Mm-hmm. And it is to make you better because these are things that if if we can tell you like, hey, this could be a problem and you're able to to pick it apart, right? you can take the accountability. And that little bit of change may be enough for him to start stepping up mm-hmm. because, again, we reciprocate those emotions. Right. So in regards to him, he so he's been jumping from job to job in the last five years. So there is no stability financially. That would scare the shit out of me. It would as a scare wife. the shit out of me too. If if he is not applying himself into a career and he's just job hopping, trying to make ends meet and do the bare minimum, that's a problem. 
why, why, why is he leaving works like that? Why right. is, why is he, because that could be a thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like if he has a trade job and he's good at what he does, it could be that he's looking for that level up. And right. if he's jumping from level up to level up, that's a problem. You hold that job until you land another job, mm-hmm. make sure you're going to make more money and that it's going to be a benefit for you to leave before putting in your two weeks and actually leaving. That's the thing. Yeah. And if he does, if you don't have a trade, get a trade, get a trade, <laughs> a lot of money in trade jobs. So I'm going to, I'm about to say the same thing I just said. So if she's not keeping up on her duties and he's getting home and has to see like dishes are done again because she's fucking around, he might not want to help out anymore. If you were not making sure we were financially stable and I was constantly stressed about how we're paying bills and how we're getting things for the kids and how are we going to feed ourselves? I wouldn't want to be home to be taking care of anything. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect you to want to be with me at that point. Right. And, and that's my personal belief. Mm-hmm. I understand. I've been broke. Right. I know what it is to be broke, but I've always made my ends meet. Mm-hmm. I've always made sure that everything was taken care of. And even if I had to, you know, take part in illegal activities to make it happen. Right. I'm going to do whatever the hell I got to do to make things work. Mm-hmm. I'm, I am fortunate enough now to not have to worry about any of that shit because of the life that I've built for myself. But I, I, I believe that's my duty. I want to be that provider. And right. even though we are very comfortable, finan- like very comfortable financially, I still stress out about money. I know. <laughs> but that's a good thing. Right. You're because- not going to spend beyond your means just because you're getting another paycheck in a week. Right. That is a very toxic way to live by. So the fact that you're still financially aware and you get stressed when things dip below a certain thing, right. that makes me trust you more in maintaining our household. That's good to know. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm a fucking mess when our money's not right. And I know it. And it's we've never had a time where our money's not right. Like, right. I've always been able to to pull ridiculous money out of nothing. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to make it work. And, and, like, sometimes being in business is just moving money from one account to another. I get that. Right. But I, I scrutinize the money. Mm-hmm. So if we have a bad day at one of the businesses and we only do $1,200 instead of $2,500, I want to know why. Right. Are we dipping? Is there new competition in the area? Has are my are my employees becoming dicks? Like, and I will overanalyze that, and that will make me a mess to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I know that, so I'm fully aware of how I get when it comes to money. I know. I just had a really stupid thought. What's that? You're like a sloppy Joe, but that's my favorite sandwich to have anyway. Why am I like a sloppy Joe? Because <laughs> you're messy. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was a that stupid was thought. very random. No, you said like I you like know, sloppy you're all Joes. Over the place. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm sorry you guys are still listening to us. <laughs> Anything you want to add before we go on? Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like I've interjected a lot. I've tried talking to him, but it seems every time we talk, it ends up in an argument most of the time because I get frustrated and start yelling. Ooh, accountability. Yes, which is another thing I've been working on, but it's hard because I don't feel like he makes my feelings valid or he isn't really listening. And sometimes I also feel like I'm not making his feelings valid. That whole sentence was good. I like yeah. That. Yeah. There's a whole lot of accountability on her part and she's recognizing it. Right. There's a breakdown in communication that needs to be a discussion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love that. Little more backstory. We both grew up in two completely different households. He grew up with a narcissist family that showed him no love whatsoever. Where my family all my life, that's all I've known was love. There is so much more to this that this email is almost going to be pointless. All I can say is help. Well, I hope what we've said so far is helpful in a sense. In the last five years, I have changed myself in so many ways and I did it alone. 
at this point, I don't know if it's because I wanted to do it alone if or, I was, or if I was made to do it alone. My husband is a blue collar man and sometimes I use that as an excuse for most of his behavior. I, I would like, I wish right. you have elaborated What's on that. What's the behavior? Because I, I know that we say things in a blue collar world that most people would never hear. Right. There's a lot of stupid shit that gets said on, on you know, when you're out in a field with a bunch of roughneck dudes that are just, you know, we there's a lot of bullying right. and shit talking and calling each other cocksuckers and all the nonsense that happens out there that you can't bring home, mm-hmm. which is why we've talked about the transition phase from going right. from work to home. You know, if he's a blue collar worker, he's got to have a trade. Right. And if that's the case, I, I think that the, the job bouncing could be a, a, a different issue than mm-hmm. what we originally thought, you know. Right. Or he's a grunt and he's he's learning that trade. Yeah. Because there are laborers that just, you know, that aren't unionized and don't have like real skill sets that are learning on the job. I, I don't know. There's not enough information there for me to. Yeah. Yep. I know it may seem like I don't have anything in here about what I'm doing wrong and that's not because I don't do anything wrong because that's far from the truth. In six years, I've done way more wrong than I have to say he has done. But also in six years, I've been changing everything about myself to be the person I need to be for my family. And I feel like he doesn't want that. Does it elaborate why? I feel like he wants the same person he met six years ago and I won't go back to that person. That person was horrible and mean, never took anyone's feelings aside from her own into consideration. Okay, so before we move on, I want to touch on that. I did too because she was pregnant six years ago. Right. So. And they were they were new, yeah. in a honeymoon phase while she was pregnant. Right. So. She touched on the fact that she was a horrible person who was mean and never took anyone's feelings into consideration. Mm-hmm. He might not be missing that. He might be missing like the fun, flirty you, who you were when you guys were wooing each other. Right. I'm wondering why her mind went to that. Guilt. Yeah. Accountability. Extreme accountability. She goes on to say, for Christ's sake, I cheated on him for four years and he stayed through it all. I put him through hell and now I'm trying to fix the things I have done to him and I'm scared I can't. Not to mention that childhood trauma he went through that I am trying to get him to open up about. That's a whole story in itself will have to be for another time i'm scared to even tap into parts i messed up i guess i'm trying to heal wounds of his past because i think will help make a brighter future for him pause you can't heal somebody else's wounds that's not how that works you can't and on the the person that you cheated on him with for four years was it the baby daddy i i I do feel like that needs to be elaborated on. absolutely needs to be elaborated on because that changes uh, an entire conversation about the beginning of this where he feels the way he does about going above and beyond for the baby daddy right Yep. The details matter. So hypothetically, we don't know if that's a scenario. Right. But let's say that's a scenario. She cheated with the kid's father for four years and he stayed mm-hmm. anyway. That's love. That is I mean, love. It it's love. It's foolishness, but it's love. So because I'm not, that person's always going to be in the life. Right. So I'm not directing this towards the woman because this is a purely hypothetical right. situation. How how do I want to say this? Well, it's hypothetical, so just say it. Right, but I'm trying to figure out my words. Okay. Oh, fuck, I lost it. 
I'm so upset. It I, was a really good point. I can tell you as a man in that situation, I wouldn't be able to stay through that. Right. The, the four years to cheat on somebody, if especially if it's one one person, you basically had a relationship with somebody else for four years. I got it back. Okay. Hypothetically, Susie cheated for four years. That's a made up name, not the right. chick's name. How dare you continue to put the man that you cheated on him with above him as a priority in your life because you guys have a kid together. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. This is all hypothetical. I'm just reminding. I know. (laughs) It could be a totally different person you cheated with. Right. That changes the scenario. This is like worst case scenario. Like. Holy shit. Right. I would lose my damn mind. Mm -hmm. And the, and it, if that's the scenario where she cheated with the baby daddy and is still putting him as a priority over her man, this man is still here. Mm -hmm. This man has not left yet. Which means he's trying to make this work. Now, obviously that was all hypothetical, but the fact is that she did cheat for four years and she owns it yeah, and he knows about it, which means they've obviously worked through it because it's been two years since that happened and they're Mm -hmm. still together. And now they're running into a different set of problems and they're trying to make it work. If you can make things work after four years of cheating, mm-hmm. all of this other shit just comes down to you figuring out how to communicate your problems and working through it. Because I promise you at this point, he hasn't left. He ain't fucking going nowhere. Yeah. And and men will men will suffer. Men will. That's why most divorces, 70 to 80% of divorces are initiated by women because men will fucking suffer and suffer and suffer and suffer because we've we've given our word, we've made our vows, whatever the case may be. We're not leaving. We're going to try to make it work because that's what's expected of us. Right. And you see it all the time. But that also doesn't mean that there aren't pieces of shit of men out there. So before you guys get in the comment, you can go ahead and start hitting that backspace button now and delete all that <laughs> shit you're about to say because it goes both ways when it comes to shitty people. I, I don't I don't think that he has any intention of leaving. I think right. that he's definitely not putting the effort in that he could be putting in. Mm-hmm. But I think that at this point, he's probably questioning, why should I? Right. She's not home very much. There's other issues at play, past mm-hmm. trauma, past whatever, there needs to be a really long conversation here. Like right. you need, and it needs to be a clear, concise conversation. You need to sit down and go, okay, I'm, I'm obviously not home enough. I'm getting behind. I'm starting to get stressed. I don't want to be that person. I want to be a better person for mm-hmm. you. What do you need from me to make us go back to being in love and intimate and you to look at me like I'm the most attractive woman ever and all the nonsense that you guys need to have those conversations about so that you can can have that discussion right the, uh, doing it during a check-in would be a smart thing to do you know you can have a lot of open um non-combative conversation at that point right especially if you're trying to get him to um open up about past trauma mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of trust and a whole lot of glue going on right now to try to stick everything back together like you guys that's, that's it sounds a lot. like they're on two different pages too now yeah like it sounds like they have different expectations of a traditional marriage. Right. It sounds like neither of them are really trying hard to uphold their ends of the bargain because even though it's difficult and it'll be stressful, it's possible. It's possible. Right. It is completely doable. So at, at this point in the email, you guys had that back and forth and then she was answering something that you've said. So she goes on to say, I just don't know how to approach things sometimes when wanting to talk about stuff. I won't lie. I can be very rude when I get frustrated. Like when I feel like he has an understanding or feeling he or feel he isn't listening to me. I'm not sure if I have ever asked him if he would like to change. I guess I kind of just assumed he would. 
problem. I have a whole lot to say about that. Yeah. One, if you love someone, it doesn't matter how frustrated you get with them. Why would you want to hurt them? Mm -hmm. Why would you want to hurt their feelings? Because you're supposed to love that person. Right. You're married. He's supposed to be your man. There is no reason for you to ever talk down or shitty to him, no matter how mad you get. If you start getting frustrated, stop, Mm -hmm. look at him and be like, I love you. I'm getting angry. I just need a minute. Right. You're going to reaffirm that you're you're going to acknowledge your anger. Mm -hmm. You're going to reaffirm your love for your man and let him know that you are trying to be better. That that simple sentence is going to change the argument Mm -hmm. and make it a conversation Right. because it's real easy to start getting frustrated and go, you never do this and you're a piece of shit and I can't believe you won't fucking do the dishes while I'm gone. And you start unloading all of your anger and frustration and it's things that you would have normally not said because you're being emotional right now. And you may truly feel that way, but you can find a better way to word it to your partner that it's going to come across in a non-combative manner and he's going to want to start making changes to be a better man to make you happy. Right. If he wants, if he wants you to be who you were and you were a shitty person, as you said, I don't think that's what he wants. He doesn't want you to be a shitty person. He wants the intimacy and the love that you had when you first started dating. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants that. They they hope for that. They think that because they've experienced that, that one day they'll get that back again. That takes work. It takes a lot of work. You know, that that's, it's not just a, uh, you don't, you know, you can't just expect it. Right. And we can say it's work because even on our worst days where we are going through it and we don't want to get out of bed and do anything, we still make it a point to say something cute to each other or be physical with each other. Like I rub your neck when you're sitting at the computer Yep. or you'll come into the kitchen and put your arms around my waist. It's small things like that that keeps the intimacy alive and the days where you don't want to do it, that's when you push yourself to do right. it. Because if you stop that one day, you'll be like, oh, well, I'll do it tomorrow. Right. And then tomorrow becomes next Thursday. And the next Thursday becomes a month. Right. I also want to say, so she said, I just, I guess I just kind of assumed that he would. That's how people set up expectations to fail. Yep. You never assume somebody wants something. You always ask. And they will give you an answer. Either they're going to lie to you and their actions are going to prove that that's not what they want or they're just going to be straight up and say something that might hurt your feelings or it might validate your feelings. But either way, you can't assume anything. Right. Like, I don't want to change him completely and not all at once because I know things take time. I'm also wondering if what I did has a factor in some of the behavior he has. Yes. Such as shutting down and not wanting to talk. I try my best to change the way I approach things and I try my best to keep my temper. We both have a bad habit of talking over each other or cutting each other off. Guilty. When you and I are having a discussion, like you said, it's very rare we have arguments. We get into like heated discussions where we're not understanding each other. When. So I'm autistic. I'm on the spectrum. In normal conversations, I have a hard time not cutting people off because I get so excited to say something like I have to make a conscious effort to be like, okay, wait for them to finish speaking and then it's your turn to talk, Christina. Like that's that's literally what I have to do in normal conversations. When we're in a heated discussion, I can't keep that in check. So I will interrupt you mistakenly. And in those moments, I need you to tell me when I do that. Right. Like you have to check me because I can't in those moments. And it is something I'm working on. I'm trying to reel that in. I want to be clear that we, we, we even though we have a very good understanding of communication, and, and I, I believe we've got this shit figured out, mm-hmm. 
we work on this constantly. It is. There are constant things that like, I'm okay, I could be better in this area. This mm-hmm. is what I need to focus on right now. Right. Sometimes it means reading a book. Sometimes it means going to YouTube. Sometimes it means actively being aware of what I'm doing when I'm doing it and mm-hmm. stopping myself and apologizing and trying to break a, a habitual pattern. Right. That, um, that comment that she made that she wonders if this is a reaction to some of the things that I've done. Yeah. He's not going to be vulnerable with you right? and try to do those things because there has been hurt there. Mm-hmm. And if he had a shitty childhood, all of those shitty childhood triggers are now present in his relationship with the woman that he's supposed to be in love with. Right. That's the thing. If you started telling me that I was stupid or that I was never going to amount to anything or that I was a fat piece of shit or whatever just, all of my past things are, I'm going to look at you like I've looked at everyone else in my life and I will never look at you the same way again because you right. are supposed to be my person. You are supposed to be my wife. The, you know, the woman that, that God has put here for me and, and we're supposed to have this functioning relationship and above all else, you are supposed to be my support system. We are supposed to serve each other. And when I no longer trust in that support system, that is the beginning of the end for everything. Mm-hmm. That's a big problem for me. That is a really big problem. And that's a me thing. Obviously, right. I'm not saying that that's a them thing. That's a you thing. Right. So I'm going to finish reading this and then I'm just going to hit like key points, like wrapping up my thoughts on this okay. thing. Cause this is, this is a very long We're podcast. Two hours and 22 minutes. Crazy. She says, I have self-esteem issues and I had some, I had said something about fawning over me when I have makeup on because that's the only time he doesn't do it. And he said, he doesn't like it when I wear makeup. He thinks I look beautiful without it. That's you a, said men prefer women in their natural. We, yeah. State. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to touch on this because. I understand women wear makeup for themselves. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel better. Whatever. We don't want it on our clothes. We don't want it on our skin. We don't want to smell it because believe it or not, you can smell that shit. Right. We don't want it on our lips if you kiss us. Like we don't want the fucking glitter all over our face. There's a whole lot of things that play into that. I like it when you put your makeup on Yeah. because it's showing me that you're taking an extra 15 minutes out of your day to try to make yourself feel better. Whether... I mean, I, I think that you're attractive with and without makeup. I like when you do your makeup. I like when you don't have your makeup on too, to be fair. It doesn't matter one way or the other to me. But knowing that you took the extra 15 minutes to do that mm-hmm. shows that you care about yourself today. Right. I'm acknowledging that. Damn, baby, you look good today. Like you're trying to make yourself look more presentable for whatever the reason is. Right. I'm going to acknowledge that shit. So I'm going to say something. This is really stupid, but I feel like it's a really good analogy. Okay. I like mashed potatoes. Me too. Mashed potatoes. I like your mashed potatoes. Those those are bomb. Oh my god, <laughs> that's a moment for me. Thank <laughs> you. Like I take pride in my mashed potato recipe and the fact that you like it. Are you hungry? Do you want me to cook for you? <laughs> <laughs> I like mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes are great. Mashed potatoes are also really bomb when you add bacon and cheese to it. Right. That's how I feel putting on my makeup. Like I'm good by myself, but adding that bacon and cheese is like a whole nother level. I, just, I, I don't know. Did that make sense? It was does. that stupid? No, it makes sense. It, the point that I was trying to make, though, is if he doesn't like the makeup, mm-hmm. he needs to recognize that she's putting it on to try to feel better about herself. Right. You remember earlier in the podcast when I said that not all communication is verbal and that you need to pay attention to what is not being said in a conversation? This is one of those things. Yeah. It goes a long way. To just go, okay, she's having a, a bad self-esteem day. I know because she just put an hour's worth of makeup on to, to drive the kids to school. Like there's no, excuse me, there's no reason for that. Right. She's telling me she needs to be told she's attractive today. 
So when she walks by, I'm smack her ass and be like, damn, baby, you look great today. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't take much to just pay attention to your surround. It's a situational awareness, 101. Right. Like, um, and I guess maybe it's a, 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 an emotional maturity because I'm I'm able to recognize that you need that validation when you're doing what you're doing because I'm paying attention to you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> okay, so she says, I said I understand that, but when I wear makeup, it helps me feel better about myself. I have self-esteem. I have self-esteem issues a lot, but he seemed like he didn't care what I had to say and he wasn't willing to do it. That just sounds selfish. It, well, it could also be the way the communication is happening. That is true. If you are coming at him and saying, you never compliment me when I wear makeup, of course he's not going to want to do it. You just came at him sideways and now right. he's defensive. But if you said, I feel better when I wear makeup, it mm-hmm. makes me feel like a more attractive woman because I have self-esteem issues. And if you acknowledge that, it would make me feel like a goddess. Right. Okay, now we're having a whole different conversation and you saying, why don't you ever tell me I look good with makeup on? Right. Because now I'm like, damn, she's right. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not being attacked. I'm not being emotional. I don't mm-hmm. feel like I'm the problem. I feel like you're telling me that your needs aren't being met. And as a man, that's what I want. I want to meet my woman's needs. So let's pay attention right now, guys, because that's what she needs. Right. You know, it's common sense shit. Mm-hmm. It, th- that, that, it's not really common sense it, shit because if it was common sense, everybody would right. have it. That was, that was a mis. Uh, yeah, I definitely misspoke in that. It's common sense to me because it's something that I know and understand it, and I've known and understand for a long time. You also took the time to learn it, right? Well, I and understand. I was it. forced to go to anger management classes and therapy court orders and all this nonsense. So, like, I have years and decades right. of all of this shit because I, I was forced to go through it when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Fucking yay, borderline when nobody knew what it was. Hooray! <laughs> Stupid buttons. I love it. Do you have another point to make? Nope. Okay, this is going to be the last paragraph. Okay. This is a very long paragraph. Okay. Another thing. That's a very long pause. Because <laughs> I have to. Pre-read. Grammar. I know. It's bad. People get excited when they text. I know. I'm not trying to make her feel bad about her typing no. any either. It's, I should have proofread it. Another thing that just doesn't sit right with me is I don't feel safe, like how a woman should feel. I feel like if something was to happen, I'm the one who would be doing something to defend no matter if it was physical or verbal. I have had, I have had to stand up for myself. I never had anyone to do so. My parents wouldn't even stand up for me when I was a child, so it has become a natural instinct for me to defend, to defend myself. But I have always wanted someone to make me feel safe. None of his friends like me and his dad hated me and still does to this day. I feel he still doesn't stand up for me when I am not around and he has never had to stand up for me when I was. Okay, so that that is a whole lot of nope, in my opinion. If I felt like you would not defend me in a room full of people when I'm not there, what are we doing? Right. Can can we just clarify that you know me better than that? No, like, I know. <laughs> I'm not. I know. Right. My manhood's being challenged just by hypothetically speaking that into no, existence. I know you would never do that. I want to clarify. The you. fact that, that he married you anyways, knowing that his family doesn't like you and his friends doesn't like you says a lot. Right. The fact that you feel the need to defend yourself constantly could be a you thing and not a him thing mm-hmm. because people take things the way they take them. Your perception of, of reality is your reality. 
if you don't feel safe in a situation, it doesn't mean that you're not being defended because getting you out of a dangerous situation is the most effective way to keep you safe. It is. Now, if you need a brawler and you want a man who's willing to go to prison for you, are you willing to do the time with that man where you are alone while he's in prison because he fucked somebody up to try to keep you safe? That's a question you got to ask yourself because that is a very legit question. It is a very legit question. Because a lot of women will just ditch their oh, man I, because I know. he went out of his way to protect her. Been there. I know how that works. Most women don't stay more than six months in a relationship with an inmate. Facts. I'd be out of every conjugal visit. Yeah. Well, that shit slows down too. I would support you. Um, the not feeling safe thing is a big problem for me. Yeah. Um, that's a huge part of the traditional values thing. I think that you guys need to sit down and draw a list of expectations. Mm-hmm. This is your job. This is my job. I think that I think he needs to to feel like he can talk to you without you freaking out on him and like treating him like shit and yelling at him and shit. Because like I promise you, if he's a a passive person, which you right. just said he was, mm-hmm. he's not going to be vulnerable and honest with you. That falls right back to the initial five questions that I ended asked at the end of the report card. Mm-hmm. He's not going to feel safe. He's not going to be able to feel like he can be vulnerable with you. I promise you he's not being 100% transparent and honest with you because he's afraid of how you're going to react. He is omitting things because he does not feel safe. Right. That that trust mm-hmm. and, and honesty and all of that that plays into those five, five questions that I asked are huge. You are going to have to find a way to defuse yourself and let him know that he can communicate with you without you flying off the fucking handle and, and like truly receiving what he says. If you guys cannot talk to each other and work out your shit so that you can have open, clear, receivable communication on both sides, this is never going to get resolved. Right. And it's not going to get resolved in conflict. I agree. I was I was scanning it to see what else yeah, I no. can say because there's... um. Is there more? There is. Oh. <laughs> so I'm just going to go through this and then we'll talk about okay, it. Okay, before you do that, you know how I feel about gossip. Right. Right? I, I, I hate it. Yeah. I, I loathe gossip too and because of what we're doing and trying to help people i feel like i'm i'm being a a gossip in any like i i don't really it's bothering me and i didn't realize like i told you the other day that i'm having a hard time with all of this and i think it's because i feel like i am talking about other people's lives in a negative light and like we're we are we are being given permission to rip apart situations to try to figure out where the problem lies and Mm -hmm. how to make things better but i feel like i'm gossiping about people and and i hate it I, I can understand why you feel that way. Like I can, I see it. The way that I'm viewing this is we are people's last ditch effort. Yeah. Like they have this is fucking wild. They have thought about this. They have probably gone to family members, friends. We have perspectives and knowledge that a lot of people don't. Right. We because took we've the done time. The work. Right, right. We took the time to learn all of that. I don't see it as gossiping. I see it as opening doors for people that they didn't even know existed. I I don't like, I know that there are people out there that know way more about all this shit than we do. Oh yeah, definitely. My mom, my adopted mom tells me all the time that I'm able to talk to people and reach people that I would not normally reach or Mm -hmm. other people wouldn't reach because of my delivery and the way that I talk. Right. She also told me the other day that I come across as very authoritative Mm -hmm. and people don't like that, which is why I'm getting the hate that I'm getting on TikTok. But I wonder if that also plays into the reason that people are asking us questions on this because they see that we have success and that we understand what's going on. And because I don't sugarcoat things mm-hmm. and you don't sugarcoat things, like if we think something's wrong, I'm going to tell you it's wrong. You may not like me for it. I could care less. Right. But I'm going to call an injustice when I see it, mm-hmm. which is all there is to that. That's who I am as a person. But I do feel like I'm gossiping still either way. They gossip to you. They'll gossip about you. I don't like that shit. I mean, if we were gossiping, we would be taking these emails without permission and just That's true too. We do shitting ask. on the whole situation yeah, instead of trying wrong. to help. 
you not wrong. Gossiping is like, oh my God, did you hear what Nancy did the other day? That's what I feel like I'm doing though. I can't believe he did that. <laughs> no. Girl, give me the tea. Like, <laughs> Don't ever say that to me again. Don't worry, I, I won't. That was pure comic gold right there. I got nothing else. So... Well, I'll tell you. Okay, so she said, I know you're probably wondering why I married him with all these things missing. Love. I'll tell you why. It's because we've grown together. Advanced our life together in six years. We have focused more on what we were on where we were going rather than our feelings in the process. And I feel like we are going nowhere when it comes to making time for ourselves and fixing the emotional damage that we have created for each other. So not love. <laughs> feels like they just, I mean, it not feels, it sounds like they neglected each other. Right. Because originally when she was like, why did I marry him? I'm like, love, because it's why you should be marrying your partner. Right. But explaining all of that, it mm-hmm. sounds more that they're trying to build a future together and they're working, they're trying to work to do something and it doesn't sound like love to me. Right. That's That sentence didn't. I didn't mean, I absolutely meant to interrupt you there because right. I fucking did it, but. In six years, we have eliminated a lot of the goals that we had set for us and we have, I'm just, filling in words at this point and i hope i'm correct we had set for us and we have accomplished a lot of them but we still fight about money and fight about our feelings but never really sat down to talk about a lot of them and when we do it always ends up in an argument a lot of the time i feel like i'm invalidating his feelings and he's doing the same to me and i feel a lot of things And I feel a lot of those things are contributing to his fight or flight response, which is pretty much what I do all the time when something doesn't go my way or I get frustrated. Okay, so if you're recognizing that you're invalidating his feelings, stop that. She just basically read off everything that we're going to tell her to do. Right. Fight or flight is a problem. It is a problem. Because if he's feeling that, it means you're coming at him in a position where he is feeling vulnerable or uncomfortable mm-hmm. or unsafe. And you're making him feel that way. Right. Well, you're presenting a situation that is allowing him to put himself to feel that way because she can't make him feel anything. That is true. But she's throwing things at him that is triggering those things mm-hmm. to make him like respond the way that he's responding. Right. Because if, if the conversation was had in a different manner in mm-hmm. a non-combative scenario things would get resolved right and if you're able to lay out goals and and res- and solve those and like find ways to overcome struggle and, and become better you have the ability to fix this shit mm-hmm. and i finances the money thing i don't give a shit who you are if you have money troubles everything else in your life is going to be stressful right because especially if you're the provider. If Mm -hmm. you feel like you're not doing your job as a provider or you're wondering about the mortgage payment or the car getting paid or a cell phone getting turned off or the power bill getting shut off, there's a whole lot of stress that comes with all of that. And a lot of other minor things are going to feel like a real big problem, Mm -hmm. which is why I push the personal excellence so much. I want people to succeed and do well. And the better you do financially or the the harder you work and the, the more you're able to save and and retirement funds and and you're able to build that life for yourself, your stress level is going to deplete. It will. And then you're going to find other things to be stressed out over because we thrive off of stress. Right. So we do. Yeah. You know, stress is our new negative, you know, tigers are trying to eat us shit. So we find new things to be negative about and pick it apart. And we're more interested in negative things because it creates that same stress response in our brain that we Mm -hmm. were getting when we were running from lions and tigers. So, right. In two hours and 36 minutes. 
Wow. Yeah. This is going to be a three hour fucking podcast. I'm willing to bet most people haven't listened this past this far. And if they do, it's like in segments. Like this will be a three day of cardio for some, some people. Yeah. Why don't we just divide it up and post it nope. separate? Post no? it as one big thing. And well, I hope people great, watch it because I feel like we, there's value. There's right. value here. There's absolute value. We still have two more emails to go over. So we're going to have to take a break and eat right. and come back and do some smaller content. So this is going to be like the last three sentences. Okay. He has no children. Just the one we have now who is five months old, so he never really had to deal with a newborn. Wait. They have a newborn baby. Right, but they've been together for six years, and she has a six-year-old, so he, how did that not be a thing? They got together when she was pregnant with the other kid, so even though it's not his kid, he would still be involved in living that life with that child. How did that not... That doesn't... Am I not making sense? No, that's not... That's not okay. I'm, I'm fucking short circuiting. Like, <laughs> right? How how did that plan out where he wasn't a part of that kid's life? If you have right. a six year old and he's been helping you raise that six year old, even if you cheated on him for four years in the beginning, mm-hmm. I would assume that you guys were living together at that some, at some point of that. Like, you had to have had. You can't be with somebody who has kids and not be a part of the kids. It doesn't work that way. So how how is that a thing? Right. I am so fucking lost right now. Me too. Okay. They have a five month old together, so now he is a dad. Right. Okay. I find myself doing a lot of things alone. I find myself doing a lot of the things alone. A lot of things in life. Okay. So she feels like she's doing everything alone. Everything with the kids, like all the life duties are on her own. Cause that sentence does not mm-hmm. articulate properly for me. I feel like the only thing that he does in our relationship is make money, come home and do nothing. I've had to have my stepdad change. Sounds like car maintenance. I've had to have my stepdad change. Oh, my oil. It says all. Okay. Oil multiple. Car maintenance. Yeah. Okay. So stepdad stepping in with the vehicles because that art. I would really appreciate it if y'all proofread your emails. <laughs> this is very hard <laughs> to for not me. make us sound dumb when we read. It's not just that. It's just I'm, uh, I go through multiple books a week. I promise you I can read. Yeah, <laughs> like I listen to Audible. I listen to fucking <sighs> I'm smart. <laughs> I'm just struggling. <laughs> so stepdad steps in on vehicles. We've talked about that several times. He agrees to change or try to do something better, but never follows through. It sounds, excuse me, that sounds like a lack of discipline to okay. not follow through. So do you want the, the quick premise of everything that I think needs to happen here for this to work? Yeah, you say yours and I'll do mine. Um, they need to find out how to communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. They need to be on the same page. There needs to be non-combative communication, preferably during a check-in. Right. They need to take the time to stop and validate each other and mm-hmm. empathize with what each other is going through. They need to sit down and drop a contract of workloads and who's expected to do what. Yeah. Because you can't expect him to follow up on his workload if you're not doing yours. You you can't throw shade at that point because you're both failing at the workload. Things are not getting done. You're both fucking up. Right. You can't be mad that he's fucking up if you're fucking up. Like you guys need to work together as a cohesive unit to make sure the house is functioning. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you've got the most amazing car in the world if you're putting shitty gas in it and there's no oil in the engine. Right. So you need to maintain your vehicle, so to speak, and and that it's your relationship. And it, maybe he doesn't know enough about car maintenance mm-hmm. and he doesn't know how to do it. And if that's the case, then he needs to be taking the car somewhere to get that taken care of so that you're driving around in a safe vehicle with your baby. Right. Um, 
they're the clear defined expectation contract where you sit down and you drop everything in the house that has to get done. Mm -hmm. Just put it in one list, one thing all the way down the page and then write your initial next to the things that you know you're capable of doing. Hand him the paper during a check-in and let him pick what he's comfortable doing and then whatever's left over, you guys discuss mm -hmm. whose job it's going to be to get these things done. Um, hopefully, the past trauma of cheating and all of that nonsense has already been resolved and that doesn't need to be discussed anymore, assuming that you guys have moved past. It's been two years since you cheated on him. Mm -hmm. Great. You need to explain to him that it is not okay for another person to talk poorly about you because as a man, it is your duty to defend your woman and make sure that she is safe and allowing other people to verbally attack her or say foul things, which is a verbal attack against somebody in some cases. Um, and he needs to put a stop to that. And the mm -hmm. people in his life that do not respect that, do not respect him enough to stop it, he needs to remove them from their life. It's as simple as that. Um, the baby daddy that's in the picture, you need to shut that Boundaries. shit the fuck down. Like... Mm -hmm. If he's having a problem with it, you need to respect your man and the fact that because basically you're saying, you know, he has a problem with what's going on with the baby daddy, but you have a problem with the fact that he's doing the same thing with the parents. You guys are, are basically mirroring each other mm -hmm. with negativity when you should be mirroring each other with love. Right. And you're not going to get that until you figure out your shit and have a communication where you both understand what's going on, validate each other, empathize with each other. Said a clear, concise thing that you can call each other out on, like, hey, this is your job. You didn't do it. Because at that point, when you know it's your job, take the garbage out. You can be like, hey, babe, take the trash out. You're not nagging at that point. It's your job. You know it's your job. So when she says that shit, get up off the couch and take the garbage out. Right. You have no no reason for things not getting done at that point because it's you know it's your duty. A lot of this comes down to wanting to be better for each other. Mm -hmm. And if you both want that, the yelling and screaming at each other and degrading and talking shit will stop. You'll work on the communication so that you're able to, to comprehend and understand each other. Mm -hmm. um, you will or will not implement check-ins. Some people don't need that. But you have the foundation and you have the accountability. You know what you're doing is wrong. You know that some of the things that he's doing is wrong. I guarantee you he knows it too. But because you're not willing to correct the things you're doing, he's probably mirroring that. Right. And somebody has to be the bigger person. It may have to be you. It may have to be him. But if you want this to be resolved, the bigger person has to happen. Right. And people are like, well, I don't want to be the bigger person all the time. So you'd rather live in misery and be unhappy than just correct the situation by being the bigger person. That's that's asinine. Why the fuck would you want to live in misery? Right. Be the bigger person every single time if that's what it takes to be happy. Mm -hmm. Because eventually he's going to realize that you're always being the bigger person. and He's going to try to start being better. And if he's not willing to reciprocate that and try to match your energy, you know what's what. That was it. Yeah. What do you got? I think those were all very valid points. You actually touched on a couple of things that I was going to say, so it makes it a lot easier mm -hmm. for me. Uh, the first thing I would do is have that conversation about, is it within the finances to be able to make that trip four times oh, a I day? Oh, I forgot about the gas thing. Yeah. You need to be home every day. As a stay-at-home wife, as a stay-at-home mom, I make sure I am home every day to clean something. Right. Well, that's the whole point of being staying at home. Right. These... <coughs> 10 days out of the month is really tripping you up and you're seeing the consequences of that. The only way to correct that is to make that sacrifice, that hour and a half additional sacrifice to make sure that your life is maintained at home. Is it going to suck driving three hours, five days a week, every other week? Yeah, it is going to suck. But those are opportunities for you to listen to an audiobook, listen to a therapist on YouTube, 
learn how to communicate better. Pay attention to. Listen to our three hour podcast. Listen to our three hour <laughs> podcast. <laughs> that, that's the first thing that I would take in consideration and do. If the job thing is really such an issue, that also needs to be discussed. Why is he jumping from job to job? There's a reason. People just don't quit a job after a year and go to a new one and then quit a job after a year and go to a new one. There's, I think there's a whole lot of things that could be happening there. If he's yeah. a passive person, he could just be too afraid to stand up for himself. And mm-hmm. instead of standing up, he's leaving. Right. It's it a reason. could be cowardly. But that, you know, that's something that needs to be, excuse me, needs to be addressed. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're too afraid to stand up for yourself, that's a problem in its it own. Is. You're never going to, you're never going to uh, advance in life mm-hmm. because you're not even willing to ask your worth at that point. Right. And we see it in our industry all the time. There are artists that are divas that just up and leave because they're too big of a bitch to say something about things that they're unhappy about. Right. It happens a lot. It does. With the low self-esteem. That's a you thing. That is a me thing. What I did with my low self-esteem, so I had to repair myself. You can't rely on somebody else to build you back up. When I got out of my last relationship, I was single for a while mm-hmm. before you and I got together. I took lipstick and I wrote on my bathroom mirror, you're gorgeous. And I would say that out loud to myself every single day. And it went from the point of me feeling like the most disgusting creature to grace this planet to, okay, I'm tolerable. And then I went from I'm tolerable to like, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of above average. That might not be true. I know that there's far more attractive women out there, far more attractive than I am. But in my mind, I'm kind of hot shit. Right. That's not the case constantly. I still have days where I'm like, oh, damn, like my, my shit's kind of low today. But you have to build yourself up. Self-talk matters. Right. I constantly call myself on myself negative talk. Call me on it, too. I do call you on <laughs> it. Like when we're, especially when we're working out, I'll be like, come on, you dumb bitch. You got this. Yep. And I'd be like, ooh, I shouldn't call myself that. <laughs> If he's not, why are you laughing? I am so glad people don't hear the shit that I say to myself when I'm training. <laughs> I'm curious. No, no. I okay. won't even repeat that to you because I don't want to get lectured. Okay. <laughs> I put myself in a very dark place when I lived. I know. You've told me. I see it on your face sometimes. Yeah. I don't know what you're saying to yourself in your head, but I can see mm-hmm. it on your face. If he doesn't want to go out of his way to validate you when you're feeling low in your self-esteem, like, bitch, pick yourself up. You, you're you a baddie. Tell yourself that constantly. And I, I didn't mean bitch in a bad way. I meant bitch is like, you got girl. this bitch. Right, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes people ain't shit. The person you expect to be the, like your number one supporter and build you up isn't always going to be that person. And with both of you going through that right now, he might not want to go out of his way to build you up if you're not doing that for him. Mm-hmm. Let's see. The last thing I'm going to say is earlier in this podcast, you said you felt like we were gossiping. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. Okay. I said, I get that. And I repeated back to you. I, I, I can see how you feel like this is gossiping. In that moment, I validated your feeling, even though I don't right. see it that way. That is a one way to eliminate a lot of arguments. If someone says something to you, repeat it back to them. And if what you said is not how they meant it, 
They'll tell you. They're going to correct themselves and get it to where you can understand. Right. In situations where you feel like you're both getting heated and you're getting frustrated and you want to start insulting him and yelling at him, she even said she realizes she doesn't validate him. You see the problem. Like you said earlier, people have a problem with wanting to be the bigger person. That, that shit high key makes me feel intelligent as fuck. <laughs> if we're in an argument and like I can catch myself and I'm like, oh, I'm about to invalidate him. I need to stop that. And I catch it and it completely changes the way our conversation goes. I'm like, yeah, that's right. You bitch. You right. handle this in a healthy way. Yeah. That's not being a bigger person. It's being intelligent. Why would you want to put yourself in a position where you're going to be unhappy for the rest of the night? Right. And you making that one small change in an argument, you can even say like, hey, I'm getting super frustrated and I want to start being mean to you. I need to take a second. Right. You just verbalize that you're getting ready to have a moment. You want to insult him, but you're making the conscious decision not to do that because you care about his feelings. That's also how you break habits because you're correcting the problem in the moment. Yes. It's huge. I had a very long period of time where I called myself mommy because my kids call me mommy. So I'd be like, yeah, mommy's going to go do this. In a week and a half, I broke myself of that habit. Yeah. Because every time I said, give mommy a minute, I would stop myself and say, I need a minute. Right. You heard me doing that. Mm-hmm. It took me a week and a half to break that habit. Yeah. When you catch yourself in moments like that to change a behavior, it will be a quick change if you stay on top of it. Right. Final thoughts. I mean, we've covered a lot. <laughs> that was a lot. My my, The only thing that I want to say that I didn't say at the beginning of this podcast is that if you found any value in what we've talked about today, please share this podcast. Yeah. Send it to somebody that you love. Send it to a friend. Post it on social media. I don't give a shit where it goes. Just share it. Our goal is to try to really start affecting change in people because we know that it's possible to make change. Yeah. And if you want to be a better person, which most people do, mm-hmm. sometimes you just need to hear something. Yeah. And sometimes the shit that we're talking about could be that one thing that somebody needs to hear to go, mm-hmm. oh shit, I do that. Let yeah. me change that. So if you get value from this, just share it. And I also want to say, if something within any of our videos triggers you... Ask yourself why. Ask yourself why, <laughs> yes. I knew you were going to say that shit. <laughs> There's a reason. Right. And that first step into digging into yourself as to why something triggers you is going to be a massive step in your own growth. Mm -hmm. I hope we triggered you. Yeah. I want you to grow as a person. Two hours and 50 minutes. (laughs) Let's let's take a break and, and eat and come back and do some emails. Okay. I'm down for that. Have a good day, guys.